ShotGlassDigital.com. Hey, this is Brian Austin Green, and you're listening to Geek Out Loud, and yeah, I'm kind Hi, this is Jason. And this is Jimmy Mack. And you're listening to Geek Out Loud. May the force hey, this is Stan Bush. Listen to Geek Out Loud. Hey, it's James Arnold Taylor here, voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Fred Flintstone, and Johnny Test, among many others. And when I want to totally geek out... <laughs> sorry. I listen to Geek Out Loud. It's good to be a geek. Hi, this is John Reed from the Mixler Zoo Crew, where they call me Pipes. This is Carissa from the Zoo Crew Goozles Up. I'm Jimmy and Georgia, the remote producer and content provider for the Big Honkin' Show. Hi, I'm Derek Russell, and I totally forgot what I was going to say. You're listening to the Geek Out Loud podcast, your safe place to geek out. What? What's wrong? Are you sure this isn't boring? It's not boring. You're I think I'm just boring everyone to tears. You're telling them what they need to know. I mean, know. I know I'm telling them what they need to know, but I just feel like I'm boring everybody. Well, you're not. I like it. I'd like to do something a little more wacky. The show's going to be wacky. Something what? fun. What about you need? Now I'm out of time. The Big Honkin' Show. Me gusta la honkin' glan espectáculo mucho. I like The Big Honkin' Show a lot. <laughs> It was at least 10 foot tall, Steve. With beautiful hair. I had beautiful hair. I rough talked him and run him off. Master's degree in communication. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave him that? It's just like it was the build up. And a master's degree in communication. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Mark Out Loud. Iconic as that one image is, a lot of people don't really talk about that much. Probably because of this. Yeah, like definitely. I mean, they would go, but well, I mean, they when, started going a when lot. Jerry Lawler, you know? It's when Jerry Lawler started calling Canada Bizarro World. Yes. Welcome to Rock Out Loud. That's freaking Slash. Yeah, it's great you know? that guitar solo too. And uh, Disney Vault Talk. Just we're Dis- just Disney Vault. Disney Vault Talk. So, all right, and we're going to begin this joint in three. Two. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I don't know why you'd want to do it without us. <laughs> we're a blast. We're fun. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. My name's Steve Gloss, the great Carl LeClaire. You know, in the town that I run... The, the town that you run? Yeah, it's it's a little thing that exists inside of me. Okay. Carlville. Carlville. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Carlberg. <laughs> You're listening to the Geek Out Loud podcast, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. We are talking the 1995 film The Avengers with Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes. I am really excited because I've never seen this movie. So Why did it take us so long to get to here? <laughs> well, it's Geek Out Loud. Sean Connery's in it. We spent a lot of time talking Star Wars. Peace out, folks. <laughs> we had that. <laughs> Good show. Flawless, and you cut the music. <laughs> is that how we? Is this? How, this is how we end. <laughs> we see you guys later. One. <laughs> it's like you just shut it off. We're out of here. We're done with this. I just kicked the chair.
On this episode of Geek Out Loud, I bumped the mic to start off the whole 100th episode. <laughs> it's the 100th anniversary of your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet, and we're celebrating 100 episodes. What? This is the 100th anniversary. I've not pulled out an anniversary in a while, so it's good to be here, man. This is the this is the episode that we didn't think we'd get to until like 2037, and we've got a great show for you, great show in store. Now, as all the plans of Steve normally go, there's been a lot implode. I'd reached out to so many people to try to get them on this show, and so far we've got one who we'll be bringing in later on. Um, also, for those of you who are listening live, there's going to be some behind-the-scenes kind of stuff happening, uh, oh, in about an hour and a half or so, um, as we bring in two more. So we've got three, three total right now of everyone that I wanted to have on and uh, hopefully later on in the week we'll be doing some post-production stuff to uh, to really spr- spruce up this thing. Here's the deal. You're getting ready for a super long Geek Out Loud. It's going to be a good time. And for those of you who are checking it out via the podcast feed, thank you so much and uh, I hope you're having I hope you'll have a good time with it as well. Now, we are going to be up a little bit um we're going to be up a little bit late tonight, those of us live, and we've got a lot of folks in the chat who are going to have to go to bed. I totally understand, guys. you got to do what you got to do, but it is great. I just want to call this out right now for those of you who are listening to uh, the recorded episode, and for those of us who are live, it's great to see Carissa back in the chat. She's been gone for a little while with a new job and that sort of thing, and uh, and it's great to have her back around um, it, it's, it, it feels right. Michael Cohen has put together, uh, a great cover photo pay for our Facebook page over at facebook.com slash geek out loud. We got some great cover art. If you're look, listening to the podcast, you can see that now great cover art for the 100th anniversary. It's just exciting. It's, it's really weird because I am stepping into a new era and, and I got to tell you, I haven't got any better. In the past, however many years it's been, over the course of 100 episodes of Geek Out Loud, I haven't gotten any better. I, I was going to do a thing. I was going to rip off another podcast I listened to and go back and listen to the first episode. And I and I was listening to just a little bit of it, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not a lot different then than I am now. I'm, I'm just... Uh, <laughs> mediocrity has not risen to good. It has not, friends. So that's the goal between now and 200 is to go from mediocre to good. And and I think we can achieve it. If we just believe it, we can achieve it. Hey, I, I do want to thank you so much for, for getting us this far because it's 
you know, I set out several years ago just to do a podcast, and in that time, I've made so many friends, have had so many cool experiences because of the podcast, and it's because of you, the listener. That's really what it comes down to. You're listening to this, and you're making thing you're making the podcast and you have made the podcast what it is because without you the show would be um well it'd be pretty lame so thank you guys so much for all your support up to this point and i hope you'll continue to support and i want to thank everyone who for the past couple of months has supported all of the geek out loud shows through patreon at patreon.com slash geek out loud every week i like to feature a supporter here and this week it's our good friend matthew crowder over on the wall of fame it says this what makes a super soldier the serum running through his veins maybe but there's the compassion and the doing the right thing and stuff matthew crowder is that soldier and he can fly and he's one fourth of the incredible crowder brothers and so that's Matt Crowder, who's been a huge supporter of the shows and the Goliverse, and who always is on my left. And as I tell him, I've got a six. Great friend of the Goliverse, and we appreciate his support. You can be a part of the Geek Out Loud Wall of Fame at geekoutonline.com by heading over to patreon.com and supporting at whatever level you're comfortable at supporting. Um, it, it's a monthly deal, so you know if you can afford 50 cent, 50 cent is what it is. A dollar, a dollar is what it is. But you really help me out, and you help me free myself up to be able to do these things and uh, and try to go from mediocre to good. Now, I'll tell you this. Um, because the Goliverse has expanded so much, there's a lot of good in the Goliverse. And I'm thinking of uh, all the co-hosts who have come on to, to, to the various shows. Kristen, uh, who started Rock Out Loud with me. Dave, who started Mark Out Loud with me. Uh, Teresa, who started Disney Vault Talk and let me be a part of that. Those guys are all incredible and do a great job. And I'm just blessed to be along for the ride with them and appreciate it so much. You can also support the shows by using the Amazon link at www.geekoutonline.com. Head over to geekoutonline.com. I believe you're supposed to clear your cookies and then use that link to go do your shopping and everything. And uh, and it, it doesn't cost you anything extra. It doesn't. Uh, you don't have to buy anything special. It just whatever you do, it kicks back a little bit to the show. And we appreciate your support by using the Amazon link that's found at geekoutonline.com. Well, you know what? It a lot of people would say. It's the 100th episode. We're not going to do this. Um, but you know what? I know what has got us here. As I said, that's you, the listeners. So we're going to do what we always do. And we're going to take a few minutes and jump into some emails. All right. Our first uh, letter comes from our first letter. Are, are people writing in, handwriting in on a, on a stamped envelope now? Our first email, rather, comes from Nick Campagna. He says, hey, Steve, I randomly listened to Shoe 100. I know it can be tiring to go to the old jokes, but I had tears hearing Starkville, House of L. Thank you for having Derek back. You two make me fans. Yes, I'm a listener, but you two together make me simply a fan. I went away there for a minute, it sounded like. 
and on the topic of best bits or incidental hilarity, is money for ticket from visiting Graceland. <laughs> is money for ticket? Um, thank you both always. Live long and prosper, and may the force be with you. That's from Nick. He says, don't let the haters get you down. As long as we keep Twilight in the corner with the dunce cap on, I'm happy. He goes on to say this. He says, uh, I'm doing a study for psychology, and I was curious if you'd mind answering the first bit. If you could have any five superpowers, what could they be? Any five superpowers. Here we go. Uh, I would I would go definitely flight. Would definitely go with flight. Um, uh, the super speed. I've always kind of wanted the super speed. Uh, so that's two. Um, flight, super speed. You know, the, the invulnerability, the invulnerability, I, invulnerability in, in not being able to be hurt, that'd be three. Um, I'll take the super strength. I'll take the super strength. And um, I'm going to go ahead and, and go invisibility with that. So... That's that's what I would do. Uh, Carissa says we've already discussed this. The power to eat cheeseburgers and cheesecake ad infinitum, and never get sick or fat. I will trade out invisibility for that one. I would I would trade out invisibility for that one. Uh, I don't I, you know someone uh, Kristen says teleportation. I don't know that I'd want teleportation. I'd have to really know how to use that. I'd be scared um, that I would uh, I would be scared that I would jump into. Um, into the middle of a wall, bounce right through a star, fly right through a supernova. That's injured trip real quick. Um, so there you go. Uh, someone else said something. Oh, the super metabolism. I always felt like, based on the old Flash TV show, that super metabolism comes with super speed. So that's that. If you watch the old Flash TV show with Wesley Ship, um, that's what it always seemed like to me. Is is that is that super uh, super speed brought about uh, super metabolism. At least it did for the Flash in that show. So, uh, freaking Pegasus forever. I'll be waiting for the hat. Congratulations on the hundredth episode. Who is Houston? That's from Nick Campagna. Um, Gabe chimes in. He says, "Seriously, loved Guardians of the Galaxy. It's why we go to the movies." It cracks me up. I'll give me something very pretty to look at. I especially loved um, Rocket Raccoon, a moment with Rocket Raccoon. Also, you and Derek haven't reviewed Muppets Most Wanted. How come? We just haven't synced up to do that, Apple. Anyways, can't wait for your next episode of this and Rock Out Loud and Vault Talk. Not a fan of wrestling, but to each his or her own. Gabe, you didn't have to throw in that little dig at Mark Out Loud, buddy. Come on now. It's the 100th episode. Gabe from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, showing the love for Guardians of the Galaxy, which allows me to preview what's coming next week. Eric Schoenweiss is going to be with us, and we're going to be talking Guardians. We're going to be spoiling the heck out of Guardians. I hope if you haven't taken the opportunity to see this movie, you will. It's worth your time. Um, it. I, I'm just going to say this, that Marvel movies no longer are superhero movies. They're Marvel movies, and that means something. And... Um, it changes the game. I think Guardians changes the game, and it sets up some big, big things down the road that we thought were going to be set up here, and I think it's genius what Marvel Studios has done to um, almost have a trilogy of phases that are all playing one into each other, and so it's 
really, really good. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy for a lot, a lot, a lot of reasons. Gabe also chimes in about Man of Steel. He said, hey, Steve, loved your 99th. I disagree with you about Man of Steel, though. I absolutely loved it. And for, for, and for a first movie of the new DC Cinematic Universe, it was fantastic. It's also fantastic on its own. You mischaracterized the Superman versus Zod fight, though. Zod threw Superman through seven buildings, but none of them fell down. Fair enough. At least they weren't shown to fall. The building that did fall was in the part of the city that was devastated already. Ready. <clears throat> Furthermore, Zod literally said to Superman that he was going to make these people he's adopted suffer, so that's why a lot of the destruction happened. Zod was in control of that fight the entire time up until Superman finally got the upper hand and put him in a headlock. Zod was basically trying to kill himself and make Kal-El suffer while he did it. Hope I'm not being vitriolic. You're not. Um, he says, I've just been defending this movie against criticism that I feel are a little unfair, like the destruction. Here's the situation, Gabe, and, and this is what I said way back when uh, I was talking about it with, um, with Derek and some other people. I really think that having Superman... I know he saved the whole world. This is the thing. I don't disagree with the choices that were made in this movie other than the way the camera was used. Um, and you know what? You called me on the Zod throwing Superman through seven buildings and none of them fell down. You're, you're exactly right. I misspoke on that. I don't feel like this email has been vitriolic at all. I love it. I love everything you're saying. And the fact this is what turned this is what really sold me Zod was in control of that fight the entire time. Now, I've got to go back and rewatch. But you very well, I, I see your point because I'm immediately thinking of that scene on top of that uncompleted tower where he says, you know, I've been trained to fight. I've been, this has been my life. Where where did you learn to fight on a farm? Um, yeah, he, he kind of controlled the whole, the whole fight, you know, the whole look and feel of the fight until Superman did get the upper hand. And you're, you're right on that. I'll give you that. Um, that my, if I had anything to respond, it would be this. Superman should have learned his lesson in Smallville. Uh, they they tore up. He tore up Smallville fighting these people. He should have learned his lesson in Smallville. And after he took out the World Engine, um, he should have done his best to get Zod out of the city and into a place where people would be more safe but that's neither here nor there because my point about all the destruction and everything is i think it would have been stomached a lot better by people had they had a few scenes of superman actively saving people had we seen superman actively save some civilians i understand he saved the whole world down on the and i'm not saying this is my criticism i'm saying i think it would have been well received by everyone who points to the destruction and talks about how many thousand superman let die and all that sort of thing i look i agree i think it's a good movie my biggest problem with the movie is not the story it's not the cast it's not even the destruction it's the camera work that is my biggest issue with that movie now there's been some new things come out about uh, Batman 5, Superman, Dawn of Justice that that are kind of making me feel a little iffy inside with the Batman and how long he's been around and what his whole gimmick is and everything. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I go back to this. I feel like DC movies are trying to be smarter than their source material, and I feel like that's their biggest misstep. 
Um, gosh, the casting is fantastic in Man of Steel. Um, the, the, the costuming for Wonder Woman from Comic-Con looks great. The Batman costuming looks great. I'm excited about the casting of Ben Affleck. I'm excited about a Batman-Superman movie. But, but, I really do feel like with some of the information, if the information is truth that has come out, and I don't want to get into it because it's spoilery, but if some of the information about the character of Batman that comes out turns out to be true, then it's just, I, I, mm, it, the gimmick doesn't flow with me right. And some, if, if something feels, and it's not, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be vitriolic, okay? Understand, I'm not trying to hate, I'm not trying to come down on anything, but as I look at that, there's just something in my little heart, in my little mind that just is like, what? You know, well, um, mm, it, it doesn't click for me just yet. I hope I'm wrong. Big news today is that DC moved. It, it, well, everyone's making it big news. Is moved their date that they were not going to move. Uh, to coin, they were going to coincide the same day was going to be Batman Five, Superman Dawn of Justice, and Captain America Three opening up on the same day. DC has now moved back to March. Um, now the truth of the matter is, is this is a movie that will be ready by the end. These these couple of months change are not going to change how much hard time because they remember they put it off a ways too. If you if you recall, this is a movie that was delayed by a year and now they're just moving it back a couple of months. So they've got plenty of time to finish it. I'm sure it'll look beautiful. I'm sure it's going to be huge, but I think it's very telling that the stu that that DC studios are the ones that decided to kind of balk on on where they would release that thing. I was looking forward to a, to a simultaneous release. I thought it was going to be, um, be great. So, you know, um, we, uh, anyhow, Gabe goes on to say, I've just been defending this movie against criticism. And I feel a little unfair, like destruction. Pretty much every movie that has action has a lot of destruction. Truth. Man of Steel doesn't have more of it than other movies. I'll, you know what? I'll go with that. It just shows the destruction more than other movies do, and I think that is what people really have a problem with. They're used to a Superman that always knows the right thing to do and always saves literally everybody. But in reality, if someone like Superman exists and Zod exists and wants to destroy the world, there's going to be a lot of destruction. It will be unrealistic otherwise. I could talk about the movie for a long time, so thanks for giving me a safe place to geek out a little on Man of Steel. Love the show. And that comes from Gabe again in Nashville. And Gabe, I, you know what? I, again, I see your point. And, um, and I, and I was probably just adding to the echo chamber on 99, you know, it, to me, um, I, I was a defender of this movie, still am a defender of this movie, but I will say openly and honestly, it's, it hasn't fully been the Superman movie I want to see. There was, um, uh, on PBS aired, a three-part documentary on superheroes and comic books where they kind of track the history of the industry and people who've been involved in the industry and that sort of thing. And um, and in the first part, they end with the the campaign against comics from the, the 40s and 50s uh, that, that Wortham guy went off on. But they, they close out that first thing that kids were able to see their favorite superhero in a new way. And it showed clips of the George Reeves uh, Superman show from back in, in the day, the, the black and white show. And I got to tell you something. That really resonated with me. 
is that it was the, it, it it was the kids who loved Superman, and you know, and later on in the show, given the time, I, I want to kind of talk about that because watching those watching that documentary really made me think about some things that the documentary wasn't trying to make me think about. You know, the documentary was trying to inform me on, you know, the industry and how things went, and, and they and they do a great job of covering uh, right up through the 90s to present day. They do a fantastic job of covering DC and Marvel and the growth of the superhero genre and how it's firmly entrenched itself in, into pop culture, especially today. But there were little things that were said here and there that really got me thinking about superheroes and, and what I love about superheroes, particularly Superman. And as much as Guardians has got me thinking about what it was I always loved about Marvel and, and the fact that I, I'm, I've kind of, because of things like the Avengers and now Guardians of the Galaxy, I've re I really feel a, a, a return to my roots as a Marvel kid. And that's, and that's been fun. Uh, but that's neither here nor there right now. Gabe, great email, great points, and and I appreciate you chiming in. Um, let's get here. Um, <laughs> oh, Daniel and Indy. I wanted to say happy 100th episode, but something of late disturbs me. Lately, the host and co-host of Geek Out Loud have, become dis have begun discussing Star Trek, not only on a regular, but positive basis. As you know, I have a four-year-old son that loves Star Trek. Every day I live with the guilt of failing as a father and a man, knowing that this love of Trek will keep my son from growing up to, mm, to ever know the touch of a woman haunts my very being. That's terrible, Daniel. <laughs> I'll write this to urge you as a host not to make the same mistake I made as a parent. Stop talking Trek. It is terrible. Pray for me, pray for my son, and don't give in to the Trek that leads to the dark side. P.S. You're my Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel and Indy. Daniel is amazing, and Daniel does a lot to um, to help out with the uh, with the Big Honkin Show, and we appreciate him. And uh, the the montage you hear at the beginning of all the Goldiver shows together, Daniel did that, and we really appreciate everything that he's done for the shows. He's become an active part of the Big Honkin Show. He's the games master of the Big Honkin Show. Mark chimes in really quickly, says, Congratulations on 100 episodes. Thank you for being my safe place to geek out. Just wanted to say you inspired me to start podcasting about comics I love. Thank you again. Mark, what is your podcast? Plug your podcast, man. I used to plug it all. I used to plug mine all the time, so there's no sense. I still will. But uh, So there's no sense in not plugging your podcast. If you got a podcast, plug it. Jesse chimes in. Jesse, paint your picture about how it's gonna be he says hey steve and various podcast co-hosts congratulations on 100 episodes your podcast is great or at least above mediocre i guess well thank you for the compliment i take above mediocre as a huge compliment i'm writing in to ask if you've ever heard the show continuum it's a canadian sci-fi show hey we're gonna we're gonna get into the time stream okay uh, the basic story is about a police officer who accidentally travels back in time with terrorists who wish to stop the totalitarian government of the future from become, from coming into being. They travel back in time to our present day where the police officer who works for the totalitarian government meets up with the millionaire who rules the future. But in that time, is only a 20-something genius. I just finished watching the most recent season, season three, and I'd say it's one of the best shows on TV. 
I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't know that I've ever watched it. I've also been watching through Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And wonder about your thoughts on that. I know you've referenced and joked about it several times, but I've never really heard your full thoughts on the show. Well, Buffy did it first. Is there an episode I can go back and listen to which you would save you the time having to preach yourself? No, there's not. I've never really talked much Buffy on the show. Um, Jesse, that comes from Jesse in, in Paint Your Picture about how it's going to be, buddy. I will say this about Continuum. I don't know, but the fact that it's a Canadian sci-fi show really makes me want to check it out. So there you go. Um... <clears throat> Buffy, uh, the vampire slayer, I have, I don't have a love-hate relationship with it at all. I just have an intermittent relation, intermittent, intermittent, uh, an on-again, off-again relationship with Buffy. I watched a little bit of it, then I got out of it, then I watched a little bit more of it, and I got out of it again. I watched the finale. Um, you know, Buffy was a show on TV, and it was... It was huge. I mean, let's be honest. Buffy is one of the, to me, it's one of the pillars of uh, geekdom, pop culture geekdom. I think that Buffy turned a lot of people on to the idea of a fandom. Buffy did it first um, for a TV show and for the characters. And it's where the cult of Whedon began. And, you know, and I've taken a lot of hits on my thoughts on Joss Whedon and some of the choices he's made in some of his properties. But, I don't think you can deny the fact that Joss Whedon uh, is a creative guy who um, who knows how to get his ideas out there. And Buffy was one of those situations where um, he just got to show that off. You know, he and the showrunner, he and the he and the the staff of writers and and the cast of actors that he had under him. Um, just you know, there's nothing regardless of how much I enjoyed it at times and didn't enjoy it at others, there's, you cannot say anything, um, to besmirch the fact that this was a show that mattered in, in our pop culture. And it's definitely, if you're into, um, to, uh, light horror, uh, it's definitely worth your time. Um, and it's funny. I mean, listen, that's the thing. What what really will suck you in is the relationship between these characters. But just remember, nobody's safe. Everybody's going to die on that show that you love. Or even people you don't really like, but you're just, you think they'll always be around. They won't. Spoiler alert, people die. Will chimes in. He says, hello there, Steve. Hello there. Thought I would write in and hopefully make it onto the 100th episode of the good old Geek Out Loud. Well, you did. I jumped onto the goal of verse. Uh, at around goal 68, and I've been loyally listening and writing in since. Due to the fact this is the biggest episode in the history of Geek Out Loud, I thought I would write in uh, about something of equal importance and magnitude. You got it, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll keep it spoiler-free so that you can read it on the show and not wait for the exclusive Guardians episode. Right out of the gate, this is my favorite Marvel movie, hands down. For me, it replaces Iron Man as my favorite just barely. And I'll tell you why. Two words, Chris Pratt. Honestly, without Chris Pratt and Bradley Cooper, Guardians would be a lot slower and a lot less funny. I, you know what? I, I won't disagree with that statement, um, but I, w I will say this, casting perfect, dead on. I came out with a sore stomach from all the laughing and a damp face from all the crying because I was laughing so hard. Oh, and those two sad moments. Anyway, I think the movie had the perfect balance of suspense, drama, comedy, and action to rank it up there as my favorite Marvel movie. 
Now, they were saying in the movie, he's about to mention the name Thanos or Thanos. All my life, the only I only saw it in comics. I never heard it said, and so I always read it as Thanos. I guess that's a southern thing, but uh, I'm going to have to change that, I guess, because everyone's pronouncing it in the movies and such as Thanos. Thanos was just awesome as anyone could have hoped, and now we have to wait yet another two years. That seems kind of spoilery. The only issue I have with the whole movie is the post credit scene. Mm, this is really going to get spoilery, so I don't know. Um, can't wait to hopefully hear an entire episode dissecting the movie. Due to an email from the last episode, I'm also going to apologize, not going to apologize for the length of my email. In fact, I'm sorry it wasn't longer. Thank you for providing a safe place to geek out, and I wish you luck with hopefully many, many more episodes to come. Stay, ge- stay geeky, my friend. And that's from Will West. Oh, we should do a most geeky man in the world commercial. He's the most geeky man in the world. He can quote, I don't know, I'd have to, he can quote the Marvel, the DC who's who. Frontwards, forwards, frontwards, forwards, and backwards. The Marvel Universe is his playground. Stay geeky, my friends. Um, <clears throat> couple more, uh, and I'm running out of time to get to them. Uh, this comes from Dominique Garant. He says, been a long time listener and sometimes emailer and very, very rarely in the chat because of my work schedule. I wanted to talk about something Dave said on episode 99 about Star Wars episode seven. He asked if the Skywalker theme would continue on. It got me thinking if we are to see how the next generation redeems Luke, then Luke has to fail first. He must make a mistake. But what could that be? Here's my idea. Now this is Star Wars speculation. What if Luke fails to rebuild the Jedi Order? The last thing Yoda told him was to pass on what you have learned. Sure, but Yoda also told him to kill Vader. Maybe Luke, after seeing the devastation of the dark side, the failings of the old Jedi Order, the failing of Obi-Wan to train Anakin, maybe, just maybe, he decided that it would be better for the galaxy to be rid of the influence of Force-trained individuals. The Force has been balanced. Let it rest. Meanwhile, Leia has kids. Maybe twins, maybe not. Maybe she doesn't have kids. They are force-sensitive, a new peril assaults the Republic. They want to help. They also want to be trained, but Luke refuses. So they go out and seek power elsewhere and end up dabbling in dark things. Eventually, an angry hand convinces Luke to save his kids, and Luke does save the kids, or so we think, and promises to train them. But in Episode Eight, we find that it was too late for one of the kids, and he's going dark. Luke dies, and it's up to the good sibling to fight and save the dark one, thus redeeming Luke. Okay, far-fetched. But I guess my true question to you is this, Steve. All EU aside, after episode six, do you think Luke started training others or not? I know we'll get an answer soon, but I'd like your thoughts. I think that Luke trained... I don't think Luke built a Jedi Order. I I think what we're going to find out is that there's no Jedi Order the way that it happened in the expanded universe. I think that Luke is, is doing much more the journeyman nomad kind of trainer thing or the hermit trainer. You come to me and learn. I think he's doing what Yoda was doing what he perceived Yoda is doing, and that's just sitting and waiting on people to come to him and be trained. I think Luke, will probably find out Luke spent a lot of time with Obi-Wan, with Yoda as Force Ghost, and um, and that, uh, and that, and that, in and through that, he, uh, he, he learned how to pass on these things. But I also think that he probably doesn't... I, I'm going to be surprised if we see a Jedi Order in these things. Um, not it won't be a bad surprise or a pleasant surprise necessarily. I'll just be surprised because I just I don't know that he he did that. Um, one more. we got time for one more quick one. Uh, from Brian Beatty. 
Squire Trelane in the chat. He says, Dear Steve, first off, congratulations on getting to go 100. You have no idea. I tried listening to episode 99 the other night live, but it was a bit too late for me, which is especially sad since I'm an hour behind you. Yeah, it was a little bit too late for me, too. Anyway, listening to the podcast, I just wanted to comment on the discussion you and Dave had about having to get through shows before they really get good. I struggle with that myself. You mentioned Star Trek The Next Generation, which I love from the first episode back in the day. But seeing that first season now in reruns, I agree, it's hard to watch. So I can understand the reluctance. Uh, reluctance. Not until, frankly, Roddenberry's departure from the show and subsequent death did the showrunners then take the show in a different, less morality play direction. Not to mention all the changes they made to the look and the feel of the show, all to the good. But if it came on now, I don't think it would have made it to the really good seasons. You also mentioned Doctor Who, which is one that several people have told me gets better. But after watching the first two episodes, I'm having a hard time sticking with it, and especially getting my wife to stick with it. How much would we lose skipping ahead a bit? Um, Doctor Who. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the episodes. I, I tell you what, I, I, I would only skip ahead a few episodes from that second one because in that second one you've got all the information you need you've met the face of Bo you've met that skin lady um who is who's like the last human and all she really is is skin um I'm, I'm trying to find the episode title now uh that um I, I hope this doesn't start playing because I don't want to play anything it's going to start playing come on Netflix I just need to see the see the episodes come on man Help a brother out here for the love, man. Jeez, Louise. Oh, baby Jesus. And now Netflix is taking its sweet time. Thank you. Uh, Empty Child. Thank you, Jeff Lane, in the chat. Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. Those are the two episodes that you need to get. just go ahead and skip to. Uh, don't skip over them. Skip to those episodes. They're in the middle of um, season season one. Uh, so uh, with the with the Christopher Eccleston, so check those out. And I'll tell you this: if you can't get into it based on that, then um, then I wouldn't even try. You may want to try to watch Father's Day, um, which is oh my gosh, which is just a heart tugger, um, and then watch that season finale for season one. And if you can't get into it, then you know what? Don't try. Doctor Who's just not for you, and that's okay. That's okay. If you find yourself wanting to watch more and, and, and wanting to more, Emerald Spectrum Chat says, then go back and watch classic Doctor Who. Check out some classic Doctor Who, but I think that if you're not into the newer stuff, you, the, the older might be hard to get into as well, Brian. I, I don't know. Um, so so I don't, I'm not sure, but I would definitely, um, I would definitely check it out. A lot of people start at Matt Smith. Um, I, you know, here's the thing. Again, my deal is if if I honestly, truly believe, and this is my opinion, and some people, some people might completely uh, disagree with me, and and you know what, that's fine. It's that's that's what we do sometimes. Uh, if if you're into Doctor, if you can't get into it with um, Empty Child and the Doctor dances, it's a two-parter. If you can't get into it by the end of that or father's day i would just say you know what this isn't for me right now and just and just let it go and it's not that big a deal well, that's going to wrap it up for emails we got something coming down the pipe here pretty special 
Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Dan. And we're here to tell you about our podcast, Flicks. Flicks is a podcast that reviews the biggest movies hitting the theaters, such as Captain America, Winter Soldier, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Amazing Spider-Man, Godzilla, Dolphin Tale 2. What? No, why would we review Dolphin Tale 2? The first one had Morgan Freeman in it. Morgan Freeman works with Batman. Anyway, we don't only cover the latest, we also cover the greatest. When there isn't a blockbuster hitting the local theater, we're talking about some of our favorites from the past. Movies like The Goonies. Star Wars, featuring Steve Lawson. Gremlins. Terminator. National Lampoon's Vacation. The Last Airbender. Dude, no one liked The Last Airbender. You did. Stop derailing the promo. <sighs> now, why should you listen to our show out of all the other movie review podcasts out there? Because we really do love the movies we talk about. And because every couple of years, Steve Glosson comes on and talks Star Wars. Seriously, dude? Hey, know your audience. Fair enough. Listen to Flick's podcast, because we know Steve. Well, as we've uh, been celebrating the 100th episode of Geek Out Loud and trying to get all kinds of people on involved, uh, this is one guy who we could not leave out. Uh, good friend. I consider him a good friend of the show and uh, one of the most talented friends that I have. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he needs no introduction. He's become just a huge, uh, huge star in, in our little geek community. It's James Arnold Taylor. James, welcome to Geek Out Loud once again. Well, thank you. I feel as though I should address you as the leader, since you're such a fan of the Hulk. <laughs> yes, it is a genius thing to have me on. No. <laughs> thank you, Steve. Here's the thing about the leader. He is my polar opposite. He's all ego and all about him, and I do my best to not be that. So it's a lot of fun to be that character. But I love that you love the Hulk and all of that stuff. Oh, so I, I thought I should I should start with that rather than what everybody would expect, which would be Obi-Wan or Johnny Test or Fred Flintstone. No, let's go with the well, I, yeah, I'm, you, we, we talked the last time you were here a little bit about Agents of Smash and you being the leader. Yeah. And, and I noticed you were tweeting some stuff the other day about, uh, about the leader. Um, is a Agents of Smash is coming back to TV soon? Well, you know, I don't, I don't know how much uh, people know, but we did two seasons of it, and mm -hmm. it looks as though that's going to be it. Okay. So uh, I'm really sad about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it was... I recorded my last lines as the leader. I think I go back in. Uh, in a week or two to do some pickup stuff, but yeah, so we'll be, I, I thought it was a fun show. It, yeah, it, it it surprised me. It's one of those things that, uh, as you know, when you when you when you're a fan of all the genre stuff, the comic books, the sci-fi, the minute anything happens, it's a little that seems to be a little bit off the beaten path. Our my initial reaction, and I try to get past as quickly as, ooh, I don't know about that. And yeah. uh, but then, as then with all the people that were associated with it, you know, from the voice actors to some of the writers, and you know, Paul yeah. Dini being a part of Paul the thing, Dini was great. Um, yeah, it, it was just like, well, th th how can this be bad? And it was. I really enjoy uh, enjoy the show. I enjoy the take on the Hulk and all those characters. And oh, good. Uh, and so, and of course, I love the leader. He's you know, he's one of my top <laughs> favorite supervillains. But with that Hulk connection, everything. Um, and another thing we talked before we really got going proper is. The the other day, you kind of broke Twitter, at least in my feed. Uh, when they, well, when they, it was my birthday too. Yes, so look at that. Yes, and when they officially uh, released the trailer for Rebels, it has you reprising your role as uh, the great Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Wow. Um, yeah, that was so cool that, that first off, it was great that it was announced on my birthday. It yes. was so cool that yeah. it was announced finally because I've known about it for quite a long time, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, at Star Wars Weekends, um, I, I was I was telling Jason and Jimmy um, on Rebel Force Radio the other day that uh, I was probably asked a hundred times a day. So what we see in Rebels, 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 are you going to be in Rebels? What about Rebels? What do you And I'd have to go, one never knows. We'll see. You know, I mean, because what can I say? I can't say anything. And so now I can say, yes, you will see me in Rebels in as much as you've seen me there. And uh, who knows what else will come. And I, I can I can say at least that much. And uh, it was really cool. It's a different looking Obi-Wan. Yes. I, yeah. I did do a a little different take on his voice um a you, little yeah. more you and a little more alec i was gonna uh, say little, it, it seemed yeah. it seemed it seemed to start skewing a little toward alec guinness a little bit um which, yeah which makes a lot which, of sense yeah <laughs> so. it's, it's yeah because i mean it's well you know it's one of those ones where you just go well what do what do i do and i mean that's again that's all direction from dave filoni and mm-hmm. greg weissman and and you know so um I was just happy to be called in to do it, and I really hope that it helps uh, people kind of embrace Rebels and such. I think everybody's been so kind about that. So, you know, it looks like a great show. Uh, There's so many wonderful people. I was alone. I'll say Mm -hmm. this much. I was alone in the studio when I tracked it. So I... I didn't get to work with any of the cast, although I got to work with them at Star Wars Weekends uh, a few weeks ago when we had a guest from Rebels every week. Yeah. And some of the, I mean, you know, some of them are old friends of mine and some of them are new friends of mine. Uh, Steve Bloom and Vanessa Marshall, old friends of mine. They're, they're not old. They're young and beautiful, (laughs) but I've known them for ages and I, they are some of the most talented voice actors in the biz. And then we've got two on camera actors that have come in much like what we did with Clone Wars, Mm -hmm. Uh, Taylor Gray and Tia Sakar, who are brilliant and wonderful and and lovely people and i loved working with them and i hope people would would follow them and such as well um because they're doing great and they've got a a tough job they're like ashley Eckstein. they've got to introduce you to these new characters yeah. that you go hmm am i gonna like these what's this when well, i see oh he's the kid well you know and then you got to go no no this is this is star wars it's good stuff well and this time out with this series it's it's an all new cast of characters, you know, at least in the Clone Wars, you know, Ashley found herself surrounded by people portraying characters that we were all familiar with, you know, whether it was Obi-Wan, you know, but here, here's the whole new, and I'll, you know, I'll be the first to say, uh, early on, I was like, well, I don't really know, but the more we've, (laughs) the more we've seen, the more we've seen, and I'll tell you this, there was a leaked picture from some kind of European footage, uh, uh-huh. That was shown for Rebels, and and it was that picture of Obi Wan in the holocron or hologram projector or whatever it is, and yeah. it was really blurry. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's Obi Wan! It's Obi Wan!" And I was like, "No, no, it's not. They're not going <laughs> to bring Obi Wan in." And then when that started to hit, I'm like, "Well, well, fine, <laughs> fine, do it then. Be that way." I, you know, I mean, look, I I think it's a wise move on their part to yes. bring it in because it does give people some type of uh, anchor. Yes. And, you know, I, I say now, now is the time for fans to then write to Disney and say, Obi-Wan should be in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> he should narrate it. He should yeah. tell the story. It should be from his perspective as he sits in his little uh, space in Tatooine writing a book. Maybe that's, that's what, you know, no. Well, um, that, that little trailer was kind of from Obi-Wan's perspective in a way. It was, you know, the trailer was, was yeah. voiced over by Obi-Wan's message or, or whatever it is that, uh, 
I, I think it's is it I can't think of these kids' names or these people's Ezra I think is the Ezra yeah yep. is, is watching and so it, it just and it really added something I was at Star Wars weekends this second weekend of Star Wars weekend yes you were and um, the the uh, the footage they showed during uh, Ashley's panel or I don't know a show I guess it's not really a panel. it was her show yeah, yeah. they're not panels as right, much as shows right yep. uh, was it was very fun very lighthearted but that this particular trailer they released it had all that it had all the elements of fun Star Wars but the message that he was watching and listening to just kind of also brought us back to oh yeah this is the dark times you know that this is the in, they are in the grip of the empire this is not yeah you know it, it's not necessarily playtime uh mm-hmm. for, for for these people and and this is a serious situation you know in the right. star wars universe and so i it it that trailer did everything it needed to do and it also you know proved me wrong because uh, I just I really didn't think there was any way but I'm, I'm excited that there was and I really do hope that we're able to somehow see more I don't know how that would work you know yeah it's, no, I mean I you know and I say a lot of that in jest because of course I just want to be involved sure. in work every day but um yeah Obi-Wan is if especially if people have read the book Kenobi which is just such a great book mm-hmm. John Jackson Miller's book um it it tells that pretty much that side of what Obi-Wan is doing right now, which is sitting and watching Luke and protecting him from afar. So, you know, not that there's much action for him, but it certainly, he certainly could be the storyteller unfolding everything. So, yes. Yeah. It, it'd, be, um, it'd definitely be a neat take on it, you know, and wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. And that's you, just my own little, like, well, come and, on. <laughs> and then you get to, and then what would be really cool is as they get to the end of the series, you see ghost Obi-Wan sitting there telling all this to Luke. Um, oh, you know. look at you. See, you've wrapped it all up in a nice little, into a nice little mushy, Clone Warsy, Star Warsy, Rebels, paste. There you <laughs> paste. All That's right, it's a paste. <laughs> it's a nice paste. You put it on a cracker. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> well, I'm crazy with the voices today. Well, sorry. I love it. I love it. You you mentioned um, meeting some of these guys down at uh, or and already knowing, of course, Vanessa and Steve um, at Star Wars weekends. I was thinking about this earlier because I was thinking, oh, I got to talk to James. What am I going to talk to James about today? You know, what? how are we going to get this right. going? And I was just thinking about the idea that you and Matt Lanter, Ashley, D. Bradley Baker, all yep. of you guys who, you know, you and D, especially well-established in the voice actor community, right. um, you stepped into this Clone Wars thing. And even though you'd been doing Obi-Wan for some time, yeah. Um, all of a sudden, it seems like there was a big. If I've become aware of you guys, there's a big spotlight that is now kind of shone upon you because of your connection with such a successful Star Wars franchise. Right. Uh, and this happened back in the '70s and '80s. Uh, you know, people weren't just happy seeing the movies; they wanted to know well who was doing the sound design. So Ben Burt becomes a name. Dennis Murin becomes heroes, a name. Yeah. yeah. Joe Johnston becomes a name. All these guys who are behind the scenes. Ralph McQuarrie. You know, suddenly yeah. all of these people are their their parts in this in this universe and and the making of these things it, it becomes amplified. Have you had a conversation with some of these people that are stepping into Rebels for the first time to say, hey, look, this is a uh, Number one, learn how to answer questions. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, learn how to avoid <laughs> answers. And number two, be ready because they're, they're, the attention, it seems yeah. like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like on all of you, it got ramped up big time. Well, yeah. Um, 
all of that you just said was great and well put. And yes, um, we did. I, you know, it's so great being the host of Star Wars Weekends. Now, mm-hmm. this was my fourth year hosting and I've kind of come into my own in that regard. And so as the host, I was able to kind of bring them in and go, hey, this is, you know, welcome to this world now. And their eyes are kind of wide open. And the first time they get up, so Star Wars Weekends, you know, it's this big celebration for anybody that's listening that doesn't know that happens every year in, in uh, Disney World in Florida. Huge celebration of all things Star Wars. So everything from the, the shows to the movies to the books, you know, we, we celebrate it all, video games. And we bring in celebrity guests and we do this big motorcade every morning. We have autograph sessions. We do shows. I have my one man stage show. We do this year. We had a huge fireworks display that I kicked off every night and got blown up by Boba Fett and stormtroopers and, (laughs) and bounty hunters, which was amazing. We can talk about that later, but the parade happens. We're all sitting in our cars and we go up there and Tom Kane is introducing each person's voice, you know, his voice (laughs) is coming through And then they get up on stage in front of literally 10,000 people at Disney World. And I'm up there singing songs about them and telling everybody who they are and being a goofball. (laughs) And they're just like, huh? It it hits them. And it's like, this is cool. And then, you know, I'm sure they were all just at Comic-Con and dealing with that. So, yeah, they are getting uh, used to it. I see Vanessa, you know, relatively uh, regularly on, on other shows and things. And she's just like, this was just so cool. And and she she got up there and almost every time she was on Ashley's show, she would tear up. And it, it was genuine because mm. she's so she's been a fan for so long and now she's involved with it and fans are reacting to her. And it it's really a neat thing. But I do think and I'm I'm gonna pat the Clone Wars cast on the back now. It's due to what was built from the Clone Wars yeah. uh, that made it so accessible to fans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of that is timing and some of it is fans um, being so social media savvy and such, too, to know, let's reach out to these people. But I think so much of it is due to to our cast of characters on Clone Wars, actors that were like, we love Star Wars and we're fans, too, so talk to us. And that started something that now is spilling over into Rebels. Lucasfilm and Disney see that, and I think they want to try to kind of recreate that. And, and you know, they don't have to try hard because the fans are so ready for it, and these young actors are are ready to give that. So, you know, it's voice acting is is such a neat community, and it's such a giving community, and so it's great. It's 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 happening without anybody trying, I think, and that's a beautiful thing. Well, you know, and I feel like that it's it as I said it's shining a spotlight on all you guys because now yeah. people are becoming more and more aware of the voices behind you know these characters and in video games and cartoons and and whatever else yeah. in movies that they love they're they're getting to know who are these voices and who are these people doing these things whereas used to you know it had to you had to be a legend uh yeah. for for just a common you know viewer to to kind of know the name or be aware of the name you know like a frank welker or, a, or yeah and a, even frank and jim cummings and all these yeah. guys still they don't get stopped walking down the street right you know i mean mel blank might have been the only one even don messick and dawes butler and paul freeze those guys people didn't know them by face and right. so it's really cool you know thanks to john dimaggio uh, making the movie i know that voice mm-hmm. which i'm blessed to be in and ha- have a nice little piece in uh, people are starting to get to know it. But I mean, I was just having a conversation yesterday with a, a woman that works at the Screen Actors Guild and she's talking about classes she gives. And these nine-year-old kids in the classes are like 
using VO. They go, well, I want to be a vo VO actor. And, oh, wow. You know, and and they're, they're, they're savvy to it now, thanks to yeah. video games and cartoons and stuff. It's really neat. I think it's wonderful. It's not like, you know, we all need our egos stroked uh, every day. But I think it's really cool because I've always thought that voice acting is just a unique art. It's, it's all I've ever wanted to do. You know that. You, yeah. know, you know my story so well. But uh, it's, so it's great. It's great to see that happening. And I, I do believe that 10, 20 years from now, we're going to see people making movies that were inspired by voice actors. And they're going to be like, I want to work with them. And I hope I'm still alive and kicking when they call me up. <laughs> well, you know, and, it, and it's one of those things where you, you hope that the shift will be not that there's anything wrong with celebrities coming in, you know, well-known right. celebrities on screen, you know, uh, personalities coming in and doing, you know, Mike Myers doing Shrek or Eddie Murphy doing Donkey or uh, right. Tim Allen, Buzz Lightyear, that kind of thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but the fact that there is such a wealth of talent among the community of voice actors that's out there. You, yeah, you know, and in fact, you know, speaking of Mike Myers and Shrek, you know, John DiMaggio was the original voice of Shrek. And uh, was amazing. And the only reason why he was recast was they wanted a name. Yeah. And then Mike Myers came in and basically did an impression of what John was already doing. So, um, and it's not to discredit Mike Myers. I think he's great. I thought, and it's just to kind of show that example of what happens. And it's happening less and less. Thankfully, we've got the new Ratchet and Clank movie coming out yeah, next year. Yeah that myself and David Kay and Jim Ward and Armin Shimmerman, and Armin, of course, is an on-camera actor, but uh, uh, David Kay and Jim Ward and myself, we're voice actors, and we get to be the, the title characters in this. Yeah. Now, are you Ratchet or Clink? Which one are I'm Ratchet. Okay, because those, those are game. I'm not a big gamer like I was as a kid, but... Um, yeah, you know what's funny is, I mean, you and I, we, we come from a, a, a different era, my friend, because right. I'm, I'm the same way. We have the uh, stand-up arcade machines in the house here, oh, and my wow. daughter plays them. We have Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, oh. Frogger, Space Invaders, all of those, yeah. and I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't get into the other games as much, but I do play, obviously, the ones I'm in, Ratchet and Clank great stuff and i try to keep up with it because the story of them is mm -hmm. really good so that's what's cool about it becoming a movie yeah well now is this the first this is is this your first feature link movie where you're a main character no this will be my third i mean i was obi-wan oh you were obi-wan that's movie. right sorry yeah, you were leonardo in the teenage mutant ninja okay. turtles yeah yeah uh, yeah i've been in straight to video ones i've been the the lead you know atlantis miles right, return right. or uh, arrow troopers or um Oh gosh, gnomes and trolls. There's a, there's there's many right. other things, but um, yeah, as I'd... far as big recognizable in the theater ones, those three: yeah. TMNT, uh, Clone Wars, and now Ratchet and Clank and see, are. Um, yeah, and the turtles is something that's just passed, just outside of my scope of same with having me. experienced. Yeah. You know the way a lot of people did. I, it was just yeah. on the right as I was getting that age. Well, like, do I really want to watch cartoons? So I'd watch it kind of out of the corner of my eye. You yeah, know. I was the same way, and I was always I loved Michelangelo being you know here in Santa Barbara and mm -hmm. Surfer Dude. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, you know I knew of them. I I watched them when I could, uh, but I wasn't it, it, exactly the same as you. It was no offense to them. It was just you know I was I was in my what twenties I think at the time or, or late teens, early twenties when it first came out. Mm -hmm. So uh, then I I knew I had that opportunity to be in. TMNT and it yeah. was so great and we were going to redo it and reboot it and the wine scenes kind of took hold of it and it um, they kind of they got their hands too much in it I think and and it was a shame because we were the plan was to do our own TV series with all of us acting in that oh. and then a sequel 
And uh, too many cooks in the kitchen yeah. kind of spoiled that. So it's neat that Nickelodeon is rebooting it and all of that. I just <laughs> sad I'm not involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, and I, and I can't believe I didn't think about the Clone Wars being a being a feature. Oh no, thing. it's okay. You know, that's it's that's fine. one of those things. But uh, <laughs> but this is uh, you know this is a character who you've actually you've been doing since the video game since the first video game of it came out. Well, correct. Ratchet and Clank started, um, gosh, I want to say 12 years ago maybe, mm -hmm. with Mikey Kelly, who played Michelangelo in the TMNT movie that I was in. Okay. He's a dear friend of mine. He's a great guy. He played Ratchet in the very first video okay. game. After that, I took over. I've done Ratchet in 14 different video games throughout uh, 11 or 12 years here. And um, they, they, they were telling me they think that might be in the Guinness Book, of, or they could be something up for a Guinness Book record because Ooh. of somebody playing a character in, you know, that many video games. Many, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of weird. I was not originally Ratchet. Mikey was. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> very different. And so they're going to redo the first game and release it on the new PlayStation and such. I don't know if I will be going in and revoicing it it would be nice for consistency's sake yeah, yeah. with the movie because if that comes out the same time as the movie it's a little weird to then have two different voices in right. ratchet especially when you know and, and mikey and i are good with this i mean it's uh, my voice is synonymous with ratchet now and right. I've, I've obviously i've played him more than any other actor and i'm that's my character so um but yeah it's always weird when you replace somebody yeah. and uh uh yeah but uh so there you go it's i have luck with uh being the third of characters a lot of times too <laughs> well but i'm I the second th ratchet i was so. just thinking you did the you did the atlantis is it, is it the atlantis sequel for disney that was the yeah video? i was michael j fox yeah, you're michael double. j fox that's right yeah i was his double for the movie and the games and then they they were going to make a tv series and we recorded 18 episodes of this tv series great fun great yeah. stuff in fact two days ago or so i was working with my buddy phil morris who was in the movie as well. Mm -hmm. Phil is a great on-camera actor. He played Jackie Childs on yes. the um, Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. And you put the bomb on? Who told yeah. you to put the bomb on? You know, he's just great. <laughs> and Phil played a great character. He was the doctor in Atlantis. And um, so we had the whole cast except for Michael. And the way it turned out, I remember my agent called and they said, well, James, it's between you and Michael J. Fox. So we'll see who gets it. We'll see. I got the part. <laughs> no um, way. Which was funny. No I think way. it was probably because I'm a, I was a bit cheaper, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, and Michael was busy, but, um, nonetheless, I got the role. We did 18 episodes and then the movie came out and the movie didn't do as well as Disney wanted it to do. Right, it right. did like 86 million yeah, <laughs> and they wanted it to be a hundred million right. or something. Dis disappointing, disappointing. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Dollars. And so they took three of the 18 episodes and put them into a direct-to-video DVD sequel. Okay. And it's called Atlantis Milo's Return. And uh, it's so funny how many kids have, like, kind of grown up on that video now where people go, oh, my gosh, I, like, I listen to that all the time. So when they hear me, they're like, oh, you're, you're Milo Thatch. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's just funny. But um, it's also funny how those are sitting somewhere in a Disney vault never to be heard. And yeah. we had so many great celebrity guests with us and stuff too so it was fun well but, two two quick asides phil morris yes. uh, his geek cred runs deep he played the martian manhunter on smallville um, <laughs> yes cw smallville and that's right and the other side is and I, I don't know that i've ever heard you talk about this or if anyone's ever asked you, i'm sure they've asked you this i just ne i've never heard anyone i think have you ever interacted with um 
well, I guess there was something you did with Johnny Depp a while back, but have you ever interacted really with any of these celebrities that you were having to do the double for at times? Yes. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, well, Johnny, yeah, I did get to work with Johnny Depp uh, for an entire day, which was there's there's a uh, uh, an attraction at Hollywood Studios in Florida, Disney, Mm -hmm. called the Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow. And I'm the skull as well as Davy Jones in that. And when we recorded all the dialogue we had, Johnny Depp is there. He I mean, it's a it's a projected image of him but you'd swear he's standing right there i don't know if you got to see that when no you i didn't I, I didn't it's a fantastic attraction is it it's air about, conditioned it is then they should have taken it's, me there yeah they <laughs> should have especially because you could have seen me because uh, so i'm your i'm your kind of host this, oh, okay. this floating disembodied skull that are ye seek treasure ye seek captain jack sparrow you know and all that and uh and Johnny Depp was there. I was up on a big 20-foot, 30-foot scaffold to give him his eye line for where the skull would be animated. And he's in his entire Captain Jack outfit. And we spent the day together of just he and I on this green screen set in Hollywood. Very surreal because he's just, you know, throwing bottles at me and shooting guns at me and <laughs> doing his whole Captain Jack thing there. And I'm... I'm just studying him the whole time and I'm watching, what does he do with his voice? I want to take it all in, you know. And um, and then we, between cuts, takes, we would go and, and talk. And he was just the nicest, most professional guy ever. Well, good. Um, I couldn't I couldn't get myself to tell him that I'm his voice double. I've been his voice <laughs> double for uh, probably ten years, and I, I I just I couldn't get myself to do it. I just didn't know how he'd react. <laughs> Same with uh, John Ratzenberger, we had as a guest at Star Wars Weekend. Yeah, week yeah. Three, I think you 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 just missed or you missed him the next week. You, right. Although I will say you were at one of the best weeks, man. We had Warwick Davis, yes. Jeremy Bullock, we had Tia Sakar, mm-hmm. Ashley, and myself. Man, that was a great week. That was a great Star Wars weekend. But, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And I ended up on stage with Warwick at his show. You did? Yes. Did you play yes. George Lucas? I Who did, did play? play George Lucas. You did? Yes, yes. So you were great because I – so that's so funny. Okay. I didn't know that that was you I because I didn't – I the way it would work is a lot of times that was happening during my times off and right, I would right. – so I come in. I watch a little – I and there's a monitor backstage – and I look, and, and everybody's laughing. I'm going, what? And they're going, oh, there's this guy playing George Lucas. He's doing great. Oh, really? And so, yeah. <laughs> so that was great. And then I saw the next day show. So I know it wasn't you. Right. And then I saw, so I saw two of them. But then there was one day that I didn't see. And it had to be the day you were there because, again, you know, that's it. So, right. yeah. Now, and now that I think about it, I was seeing it on the monitor. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been you. That was, so, it was, uh, it was got, hilarious. Yeah. It, James, I'll tell you, they, you, they went up there like there'll be a prop and a script and, and there'll be a chair, just sit in the chair. And I get up there and James, I'm a big guy. And, and, <laughs> yeah. the, and it's those director's chairs. And I'm looking at, I'm like, well, this is just a couple of pieces of cloth held together by some sticks. <laughs> Fortunately, I had to be at the mic a lot and didn't have to worry about, you know, sitting down yeah. too much. But, <laughs> <laughs> my heart just leapt to my throat, and then I saw that I'm supposed to be George Lucas. I'm like, oh, great. So, oh, that's awesome. Did you have fun? Oh, it was a blast. It was so cool. It was so now, cool. And I'm not saying that to blow smoke. I, honestly, people were like, oh, no, that guy was great. And they're like, the next day, they're like, well, the, the other guy wasn't as good as yesterday. Man, we oh, had a great George Lucas yesterday. Oh, and I think even Warwick said that. So, Oh, wow. Well, uh, well yeah, yeah, he, so he told me as, as we were filing out after the curtains closed, he's like, you did a really good job. And I'm like, well, thanks. And it was yeah. it was just a it was a that was just a fun exp- that that weekend was a fun experience and um again I, I guess we're just 
kind of bouncing all around here, but that's yeah, that's fun. Um, it was so cool when we were talking to Jeremy Bullock and Warwick. You know, you came out, and and we yeah. didn't know if we'd get to see you or interact with you because we know how busy they keep you uh, during oh, that man. weekend. And um, and so when you walked out, I was just like, yes, here. And and you talk about if folks haven't seen you out in out in the wild you talk about a ham i mean james just coming out he's like he's he's interrupting interviews he's like hey i just want to stop over and say hey and we talked about you singing and and that warwick was just laughing about it. he's like yeah he said james is great he's just he was completely you know just <laughs> thought that was some of the best stuff and you could see it on stage when you were doing your little song thing he just yeah he was grinning from ear to ear like this is the best and uh, <laughs> no, he loves it when i mess with him i mean because yeah he he's just he's a perfection uh, 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 just a just such a performer he's so yeah. um awesome and uh and uh, professional is what i meant to say and and funny as all get out so and then it was uh, great you, had a good time. You, you crashed the meetup uh the rebel force radio <laughs> meetup and that was <laughs> yes i was yeah we'll see and that was the fun thing i loved doing this thing and disney was very cool to let me you know come up with a lot of stuff this year like oh, the talk cool. show there i had my own i had a desk this year i said i want a desk i want it like a late night talk show i want to have props i want to have bits and so i wrote and produced a bunch of bits wow. and they let me do them and and uh and then i write the little songs up at the the celebrity welcome and then you know so they're really wonderful let me uh interact with them in that way and come up with my own material so we just have a good time but i would love to go and photobomb people so in my breaks i would go out and just photobomb people in lines or Darth Vader or Boba Fett or the troopers or whoever's out there and mess with the characters, but also just the people were so great. And that was where I really realized, uh, I think this year for the first time especially, that people actually knew who I was. They were excited. It, it's very flattering. It's very humbling yeah. because, you know, you're you're messing with people and, you know, in line and you're doing the little Obi-Wan thing. And then they, they hear it and they turn around and they go, <gasps> and they freeze. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's you. And I go, no, it's you. You know, and we have fun. And then, can I get a picture? Sure. And then, can you sign this? Sure, great. Because I'm just a geek, you know. Right, and right. I'm just like, yeah, whatever you want. And they're just so grateful. And then I get notes from people. Oh my gosh, we were in line and we couldn't see you and we didn't get your autograph. And then there you were. And then my son got his thing and thank you. And I'm just like, well, this is great. You know, it's a blessing to be able to do it. And I'm, I'm just happy to, to be there for people. So uh, it's a great event, but it's very busy. Well, now yeah, my day starts at like eight in the morning and ends at almost 11 at night. Wow. So, wow. That's crazy. I, you know, I did get to see one thing and I don't know if I was supposed to see it or not uh, because, <laughs> because it was online. Um, I got to see your your interview or your show with Mark Hamill. Yeah, uh, from the weekend Mark was there. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. That yeah, people posted that. <clears throat> and, they were good with that. And it, uh, you know, James, I hate it when I'm doing something. You know, whether I, it was my last job or the job I'm doing now, or even this podcast and stuff. And people yeah. say, you know what, you should do this because you're really good. So I'm not telling you what you should do. <laughs> but but okay. I am I am going to say when you're when you're one man show when you're kind of like all right I think that this has run the course you know in ten or twenty years whenever that is when you say <laughs> you know what I think this might have run its course I want to try to do something different I really think you should re reach out to Mark and you guys do something together because you guys I've seen you three times now including that one uh, I yeah. saw you twice at celebration with him and then this, oh. you guys have such a cool chemistry on stage together and and I was and I was sitting there watching that I'm like. Okay, these guys need to work up something together, and 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 at some point in their careers, do do something like what you do with your one man show. Oh well, that's 
That's very kind of you to say. And uh, yeah, see, well, they should have put me in episode seven. I could have played, right. you know, his his younger brother or something. That's right. That, that we suddenly discover somehow. Yes, yeah, somehow he has a younger brother. Yeah. Or, a, or a second cousin twice removed. Second, yeah, a cousin, you know, something. <laughs> One of the, the best compliments I ever got uh, as an actor, I remember when I first met Mark, and this was... Oh, I want to say close to 15, 16 years ago, probably we worked together on a project and we're sitting in our, we both had the same agent and we're sitting at the, in the lobby there. I know that sounds so Hollywood, but that's just what it was. <laughs> and we're reading stuff and he goes, you know, you remind me of me. You're like me when I was your age. You're, you're, you know, it's just the same. And I was like, well, there, there you go. There that's a great, that's you, great compliment. I'm, I'm, I can die now. Happy man. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> and now getting to know him. I mean, he's just he's he's a he's a total geek and yeah. fanboy. And I, I said this uh, the other day on Rebel Force Radio, but I want people to know, you know, it's like after all that he was doing, being interviewed and all the stuff he was doing at uh, Star Wars weekends, I would pull him aside and say, Mark, would it be OK if I took you backstage to meet some of the the kids that are the cast and characters that dress up as the characters here at Disney and stuff. Cause they just, they, they love you and adore you. And, and he's like, yeah. And so I took him around backstage during his free time to meet all of these, these uh, young actors and performers and just made their day. And he was so gracious to them all. And, you know, and he'd sign things or do whatever. And he, well, the one thing he wanted to do was put on the costumes, which, nice. you know, is like, you know, a big <laughs> Disney thing. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, but he I just, don't care he, who you are, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, but he would do it, you know. So, I mean, he just wanted to know how everything worked. Yeah. He wanted the makeup, the costumes. He wanted to touch it all. He wanted to wear it all. And he just was so gracious in that. So, I mean, uh, kudos to him. Well, and, any uh, time I've ever heard him in an interview um, or seen him on stage, you know, those, the times I've seen him with you, it, he's very deliberate about, especially at the two Star Wars celebrations, he was very deliberate about, I don't want to tell you guys the same things I've always you know the same yeah. stories you know i want to make sure that i'm bringing something fresh and yep. new to the table and because and he said because i get it i'm one of you yep. and and when you start listening to him talk about his experience with how did we get to talking about mark hamill my point is this <laughs> you you gotta at some point say hey we should do something together sometime <laughs> because all it was right. great well I'll, I'll tell him that and we'll, we'll see what uh, what comes up so, with it all well but, and he's gonna be busy on on a couple of movies yeah i, I mean i mean i know he's got some things lined up but you know <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll get out of that easily for you but, uh no but it was james you do such a great job you've fallen into Thank this you. hosting thing um and and you do it so well when when is your late night show going to start up when are we going to see the james arnold <laughs> you know, taylor wouldn't, show wouldn't that be cool <laughs> thank you you know some some place like uh, i don't know like g4 or somebody you know it's it's the it's the darndest thing and you know uh you know you and i have the same faith and and i so i can talk very openly about that that you know it's just i, I get on my knees and i pray every day and i go like god you know just Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. But mm -hmm. I can't seem to figure out how to break through the um, the membrane of from geek to out into the other Hollywood world where <laughs> right. people want to to use me or incorporate me in some way. And I and not that I and I'm very happy where I am. But sure. at the same time, I know that it would be fun because people love this voice stuff. They love all of this. And you know, I mean, it's like I'd love nothing more than to take my show out and actually have the ability to to take it out on the road and then to get something where I'm able to interview people like that it's because I just love it I just enjoy doing it and I think that that's when things are successful um so yeah you never know well, I don't know well, if do anybody's you, a, one's a prey out there say a prayer that 
that old James gets uh, the chance to do those things. Well, do you have any opportunities? Will people have any opportunities coming up anytime to, to see you on stage doing the show? Because I know that's something, I do know that's something you're passionate about and that, you, yeah. that you've you worked hard on and, and putting together. And it's great. It's 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 so much fun and, and entertaining. And, and honestly, it, you know, toward the end, you're, you're, it's inspiring. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you got to see it this year. You know, I yes. change it up every year. And um, thank you for saying that. No, it's uh, and, you know, for Disney, I do it a little shorter. This mm-hmm. year I was able to squeeze out probably 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a half hour. The full show is 90 minutes. Um, I did an hour long at Celebration. I should be doing it here at uh, Celebration coming up in 2015, in April of 2015, you know, because I'm the host of the main right. stage there, which is going to be like a 7,000 seat theater. So oh. to do it there will be great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but in the meantime, like, uh, next week, I'm going to do it for a group of 50 people at Disney, a small group of oh, cool. on the Disney campus. So, th- you know, I've done it as classroom settings like that to 3000 people at the, you know, for celebration last time. I love doing the show. I'm always writing new pieces. I have three new pieces that I'm working on that are really concentrated about voiceover that I think will excite people and they're fun and they're really fun. I, I can't wait to get that out there, but the show itself, yeah, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm always threatening to rent a theater out in Los Angeles and do it. Uh, I get invited by churches to do it a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I do it there, it's a little different than what sure. I do uh, at Disney, but it's uh, the same basic principle and it, it tells my story at the end and such. And uh, so, yeah, I, I love doing the show. I hope to get more chances to do it. But Well, um, I, I tell you, if you decide to rent a theater out and do a, do a run – Make sure you let us know, and let's really get the word out there. I think it could be great oh, and successful. I, I really do. I, you know, the, I, I've talked to people. Uh, well, the the a couple of years ago when we were down at Star Wars weekends, I was down with some friends, and we went to see your show, and they were like, uh, you know, well, we're kind of waiting in line for this. Is this really worth it? We could be riding the Toy Story ride. I'm like, guys, <laughs> trust me on this. And we went, and they came out. They're like, that was amazing. We, you know, wow. what you tell us more about this guy? I'm like, well, he's just a great guy. He's Obi Wan Kenobi. He's Fred Flintstone. <laughs> he's all these things. But um, oh, yeah, I think, great. dude, I really do. I think it could be super successful for you. You know, just I don't, me I don't know too. how to, I, I don't, don't know how to make it, it happen. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't know how to make it happen. You know. <laughs> yeah, I've even considered, you know, the Kickstarter campaigns, just get enough to get it out there and do like a, you know, a couple months tour or something. Yeah, but yeah. it's tricky with voiceover too because you need to be able to stop and do my thing. But right. but um, yeah, it, if I could get a sponsorship. So, you know, we'll pray for some sponsorships Definitely. to come in and, and maybe maybe something will happen. But uh, well, it's, let, it's great fun. Uh, we're kind of bouncing all over the place, and I know that your yeah. time is limited. And um, uh, Let me ask you about the book. Is it still available? People can still pick up uh, JAT365? Yes, thank you for saying that. Um, uh, it is JAT365, J-A-T-365, which stands for James Arnold Taylor, 365 days a year. Uh, so what that is, is it's a uh, daily inspiration for the pursuit of your dreams. So if you go, well, I'm a young person, I'm trying to figure it all out, what do I want to do with my life? It's a great kind of nightstand book that you keep there and you get up in the morning and you you look and it asks, it poses a question to you. It's very simple. It's put in the in the um, guise of social media because it's taken from all my social media things because many years ago when I started social media, I decided I wanted to be a positive voice out there rather than all the sarcastic, sardonic, you know, voices that are out there. Right. Um, so I compiled them all and then I added to it. I, I 
give you've got three different things on the top you can you can accept what you read as your little inspiration for the day and you check that off and then you forward it by sharing it with somebody else in your day whether you send it on your smartphone or you just say to somebody that you're with or whatever and you check that one off and then you um practice it you put it into practice for the day and see how it affects your life and then at the end the bottom of the page of each page i ask a simple question so it might be what is your what is your dream what is your goal and the cool thing about it is if you do it 365 days they don't have to be 365 days in a row because i didn't make it a calendar book i made it a numbered book and you can set it down for a week or a month or whatever pick it up for in the next day uh, i'd prefer you to do it every day because i want you to be inspired every day but then at the end of these 365 days, you have a journal of your own thoughts and dreams and goals and the things that challenge you and the things that inspire you. And you can look back through it, you know, years later and go, look at this. So I, I, I hope that it's something that people would uh, take interest in. It's certainly a great gift for parents that have like a, I think a young person, you know, anywhere from say 10 years old on up, really. My daughter's doing it. She's nine. She loves it. But, uh, it's one of those books that you just it just asks you questions and it inspires you and I think it's pretty cool. So you can get it on Amazon.com. Uh, I think it's under ten bucks if you're a Prime uh, member, hmm. and if you're not, it's, it's it might be twelve dollars. We've tried to keep it as as cheap as possible for people so they can get it. Um, but if you're Prime, it's also free shipping and all that's pretty cool. And uh, no, I don't know. I, I I did it all completely on my own. Every, everything in it is is written and produced by me, just like my one-man show. Right. I designed the cover. I designed all of it, designed the inside pages, and self-published it on CreateSpace through Amazon. And, uh, you know, I, I've sold, uh, gosh, I don't know how many hundreds of copies. But, again, if I sold enough of those copies, I could take the show on tour myself. So it's <laughs> it's go. one of those pay-it-forward <laughs> things, though. Nice, I would say, yeah. You know, because I'm certainly, I'm always very, like, oh, I don't want to, like, be pitching things for people to have to spend money on me sure. but, but the book is such a kind of a neat thing i do feel like it's one of those things it's, it makes a great gift for people so it's like yeah spread the word where you can but well, uh you know it's it's a it's a situation where if as you're going through this it really kind of helps you alter the way you think oh um, that's good you know it, it takes you from the the well i can't do this it's too big or i just you know and it and it really helps alter the way um that you're thinking about your circumstances and your situations and where you're headed and, and just with those little nuggets each day. And well, I, thanks. and I yeah. think that's, I think that's key to going after, not to get all serious on everybody, but I think yeah. that's key to going after what it is you want to do. You've got to change your mindset sometimes and, yeah. and, 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 and your internal conversation has mm-hmm. to, has to be more positive. And has yeah. you know it has to be more affirming because there's sometimes where the only person that's going to be affirming you is you, yeah. You know, not not to be all Stuart Smalley, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> that was though that was very nice. I Thank like that. you. <laughs> um, no, you're absolutely right. And and you know, again, I I challenge people to uh, to find out who they are and what they are and what they believe and who they believe in and and what's their guiding force as well in it. You know, I mean, again, I don't I don't stray from the fact that that I I. My whole life is is based on my my spiritual beliefs, and mm-hmm. uh, those are Christian beliefs. But uh, so I, it's not a Christian book, though. It's right. a secular right. book, and I did that on purpose because I don't want to push my Christianity on anybody. But I want to show people what it's benefited me in and mm-hmm. how it's uh, it's it's in my day to day, and that so everything that is in that is based off of those beliefs. But it's not in any way pushing that. But so I think everybody could could get something from it. But uh, you have to believe that 
you're worth something. Because, I mean, you know, hey, look, we're all geeks. I'm going to draw it back. Look at, watch the segue here. Watch Steve. Okay, here we go. We're all geeks. We're all listening to this. We're all being taken part in Geek Out Loud because we're geeks, because we love comics. We love movies. We love all these stories, these characters, these, these great things. Well, those come from one place, people that took the time and believed enough in what they had to make it something that everybody else would get to be and take part of. Stan Lee to George Lucas, they all went, yeah, I got this and I'm going to put it out there. If you sit there in your room designing comic books but never do anything with them, people can't be inspired. That's what I say in the book. I want to be inspired by you someday. I want to pick up something you created someday and go, wow, you did this. Not because I helped you in any way, but because you got up and went, yeah, I'm going to do it because it feels good to be that way. So there you go. Well, you know, that seems the perfect place to close, but I wanted to ask you one more thing. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> let me let me ruin a perfectly good no, closing no, moment. No. We'll, we'll come and, up with another one. We're that good. Uh, you stay so busy, and, and this yeah. is Geek Out Loud, as we've said. You stay so busy. Do you have time? Last time you were here, we talked about the fact that, you know, back in the day, as the young people say, you know, you, you were a comic reader and, and that sort of yep. thing, and now you're a part of this world in such a big way. Do you ever have a chance to consume all of the things that are coming out now, like... Uh, like some of these great movies from Marvel and, and well, I'll tell you, I am I am so excited for tomorrow because tomorrow is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, comes out. Yes. I'm really really excited about that. I hope everybody goes out and sees it, and I hope that it's great because um, I think it's just a neat. That's a that's a great, cool new kind of franchise for yes, them. Um, yes, and fun and and just fun. But yeah, there's a uh, there's a little comic book store called Metro Comics down the street from where I live here in Santa Barbara. It's the only comic book store in town, and I'm friends with the owner. And nice. In fact, we're talking about me coming out there to do a signing, oh, and I'm cool. going to try to get some of my friends from Clone Wars or whomever to come out as well. So if anybody listening is in the Los Angeles, Santa Barbara area, be checking that out on my Twitter because I'll let you know when that happens. But uh, I go in there with my nine-year-old daughter, and we look at comic books, and we try to keep up. And, and then you know, at night, eh, a couple times a week, I get on the old iTunes or that, you know, Apple TV, <laughs> right. I should say, and see what's out there and, and try to catch up on things. I, cause I love it. Yeah. I, I do. You know, did uh, you, did you have the chance because your summer was so busy? Did you have the chance to see Captain America winter soldier? No, I oh haven't seen gosh. it. And I'm dying to see it. Now see, uh, here at the, uh, Taylor compound, as we like to right, call it, right. um, we have a, uh, we have a, a screening room with a big, uh, theater, you know, the, the, the sure. projector comes down right, from the, right. and I, it's a big, it's like a big 10 foot screen and I have a projector and I watch movies there with my wife or friends and I'm waiting for it to come to oh. uh, iTunes so I can watch it there. Cause I didn't get a chance to see it when it was here. Although I did just go see last week cause it was my birthday and I went and saw, um, the Planet of the Eight movies. Oh, yeah? I loved it. I don't know what anybody else thought. I loved it. I loved the one before it with uh, yes. James Franco. Yeah, and I thought yeah. this one was so intense and and so beautifully put together. Yeah. Really well done. No, I haven't had and a chance. I haven't had a chance movie. to see it yet. Yeah. Oh, I hope you like it. I, I mean, again, just get lost in a story. But yeah, Captain America, I'm dying to see. I well, still didn't see Spider-Man 2, but I played, I doubled for Andrew Garfield <laughs> in the trailer for it. So I okay. haven't seen it yet. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, I don't know how you feel because, you know, coming up around that time, I don't know how you feel about Superman 2, but I always said that Superman 2 to me, from a sentimental standpoint and, and so much yep. else, has always been kind of my standard for a superhero movie sequel. 
I would agree. I loved that one. Yeah, and yeah. and Captain America: Winter Soldier is now that standard for me. It it to oh, me wow. it is the okay. best. It is the best superhero movie sequel I've ever seen. Um, oh man! Well, now I'm excited to is, see it. Yes, it is so good. So, but I'm like you. I I missed. I'll tell you, I missed the Planet of the Apes thing because I was looking past it to yep. this weekend to Guardians. Yeah, I yeah, am so. so excited for this movie. Yeah, me uh, too. So I, I, you know, I mean, I don't know what what it'll bring, but uh, hopefully, good stuff. Hopefully, and hopefully. and uh, we'll see. Because there's this beautiful theater here in Santa Barbara called the Arlington Theater, and it's about twenty three hundred seats balcony and it looks when you step inside of it it looks like an old spanish village and the the ceiling is painted to look like sky and they have little stars blinking in there oh, nice and it's and it's what i grew up going to it's where i saw return of the jedi it's where i saw star wars you know all indiana jones Raiders wow. of the Lost Ark, all of them yeah and and it's walking distance from my house and my wife and i go on our date night and we walk over there and i see movies and i'm transported back to when i was a little kid watching movies and dreaming about doing all of this so uh yeah, that's where it's going to be tomorrow, and I hope to get over there and see it. So, Well, super cool, man, super cool. Well, James, I appreciate you. You've taken so much time today, well, and, I, and I really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. It's the 100th episode, and, and I, I, didn't want it, I didn't want it to go by without without getting a chance to, to chat with you a little bit. And um, and thanks for all the support you've given the show over the years and, and, sure. and, the, and the time and the support you've given me. Good night. Like people have no idea, um, <laughs> you know, just, just how, how, uh, how much your friendship has meant to me um, in the time that we've gotten to know each other. And I just, I appreciate you beyond words and, and I can't wow. encourage people enough to check out Jat365 at amazon.com and uh if you if you if you own a theater if you own a uh a place <laughs> get in touch and and bring the one man show to your town <laughs> james arnold taylor talking to myself that's right you can go to james arnold and get information on it there you go well that's very kind steve you know honestly uh it's it goes both ways uh you're just a, a blessing to my life and i'm so grateful for our friendship and i'm so grateful for geek out loud and that it's 100 i i mean I, I, you know, that's very, very cool. I hope to someday maybe come up with something, you know, podcast, but to think of doing a hundred episodes, that's, that's a milestone. Well, so what are you going to do next? It's well, just the same old, same old, just a lot of empty, <laughs> just, you know, it's, if you go back and listen, you'll find out, well, he doesn't really have a lot to say. He just, he repeats himself <laughs> in different ways over and over again. I, I really, the other day, James, I, this is embarrassing. You, you were so kind the last time you were on to do a bad impressions theater with me, or, oh, as yeah. I, or as I like to call it now, half bad because you were so good but um but the other night i I was doing one and i was doing uh the the final courtroom scene from a few good men edited um for content (laughs) and uh and and i was doing uh yoda as the jack nicholson role Ooh, that's that's rough because you got a backwards and forwards right right oh yeah there was one point where i'm like look at me i'm so confused right now i'm talking the wrong way um (laughs) and and i was trying to do my best mark hamill joker as the tom cruise role (laughs) and and rather than sit down ahead of time because that most of the time i do these shows live now uh, instead of sitting down ahead of time and recording it and splicing it together and just putting it out there you know live uh you know and hitting play when when I was live I just did a reading live my voice was shot by the end of it it was I I went back and listened I'm like this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done the only thing I got right in the whole thing was uh I did James uh 
no, Kevin Spacey's uh, Frank Underwood from House of Cards yes. as the uh, as the Kevin Bacon role, who would chime in every now and again with like, Yana, but I can do that because I'm Southern. So that's an easy thing to slip into. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. And he's so brilliant on that. I don't know if you saw House yes, of Cards. That was great. Yes. But, um, well, that's funny. You know, I was just working on a bit. Um, for for that same scene, and I was doing Jay Baruchel and Albert Brooks as the two. Characters. Oh wow, wow! <laughs> because you know Jay Baruchel is um you know right there, yeah, and Albert Brooks is right here. It's the same voice, you know. So, you want answers? Ah, uh, well, I, I think I'm entitled to them. You want the truth? I want the truth, you know. And it's just it's ridiculous. Well, but, uh, and everyone was cri- everyone was laughing because we do this live with the chat, and everyone's laughing yep. like your Joker keeps slipping into Cobra Commander. And I'm like, yeah, it does. It'll do that to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, James, thanks so much. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much. And people can check you out at jamesarnoldtaylor.com. Is that correct? That's uh, correct. And, of course, following you on Twitter at JATActor. Yes. On Twitter. So, James, thanks so much for being with us. I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, Steve. And may the force be with Geek Out Loud always. And we do want to thank James Arnold Taylor for coming on. What a great interview. He gave us so much of his time uh, in original conversations with him. I'm like, hey, let's just take about 30 minutes or so. And uh, as you heard, uh, 51 minutes of cupcakes. And so I, of cupcakes, oh my gosh. <laughs> the chat has got. Emerald Spector's been talking about cupcakes in the chat. And I just remember 31, 51 minutes of cupcakes. 51 minutes of interview, and uh, it was fantastic. And we thank him so much for just being awesome, man. This guy is, James is just super nice. He's super kind, and he was super kind with his time to come on. And, And we really, I really appreciate him for that you know it's 100 episodes we're 100 episodes in and there's no secret that in the history of uh geek out loud that um well i stepped away for a while a a couple of years back uh stepped away from podcasting altogether i had some stuff going on i had to get straight in my head i had to get uh, i had to get right you know and sometimes um we have to we have to drop the things that we love and we have to step away and um and and get things right and just and just make things right in our heads and um when i decided to come back it was toward the end of season i'd been gone about nine months or so and i started feeling comfortable about coming back and it was toward the end of season 10 the final season of of smallville and um and we started to kind of hype the return, not only, you know, with the end of uh, Starkville House of L, we started to hype um, hype the the return of, of Geek Out Loud. And um, I'm right now, I'm trying to find something special that I, that I saw tonight because I really wanted to play some old bits. It's hard to listen back to those old episodes, though, guys. It really really is and i wanted to kind of play some play some bits and stuff from from back in the day uh that we had and um and our good friend john reed had sent in uh, sent in a commercial he did for the return of geek out loud 
and I want to see if I can find it real quick because I found it earlier and I was just like this is hilarious this is so good and I can't seem to figure out where I where I'd found that earlier tonight I was I was going to play a little bit of geek out loud number one like I said earlier and kind of talk through it and kind of rip it but oh my gosh it was just it's terrible guys it is horrible and I don't suggest anyone going and and listening to <laughs> listening to that it's just not it, it's it's just not good it's just not good actually right now um i'm gonna see we may have to we may have a bit of a delay on this i'm i'm gonna see if one of them is ready to come in we've got uh two guests that we're gonna bring in <clears throat> um here uh for the show for the for the episode 100 they've been super great in helping the show and and making it making it what it is making it um helping it grow giving us a, a lot of exposure to a lot of different people you know Derek was the first person to do it and I, and I wish Derek was here right now um he was the first person to do it as by bringing me in on uh, Starkville House of L and you know, it can never be said enough just just what a huge, huge impact that had on the whole show. You know, it was Derek really just by having me come on and be a part of of that particular podcast, which I loved so much. Um it it just it really helped, you know. It, people started to tune in. People started to, to, uh, to find us, and and then these guys that I'm going to bring on in a minute. We'll go ahead and spoil it. It's going to be Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Uh, you know, they helped kick it up again another notch. And this, the Big Honkin' Show, we say has gone through several ages of the Big Honkin' Show. As we were on radio, then we weren't. Then we were podcasting. We were back on radio, and then we we're back to podcast. And, you know, this is probably the second age of Geek Out Loud, and these guys have really helped make this what it is. But I want to play you this thing that John Reed did. I found it uh, for the return of Geek Out Loud back in 2011. Coming May 2011. Skynet's party. Wait a minute. Coming May 2011. Round... Th- no. Um... Coming May, leaving May 2011, Starkville's House of L. Wow, this is awkward. Uh, coming May 2011, the third episode of the Human Target podcast. No? Okay. Coming May 2011, uh, The Cape. <laughs> Just From the people who did not bring you, Superman Returns, Batman Returns. Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Return of the Jedi, or Return to Me, starring David Duchovny and Minnie Driver. This is the return of Geek Out Loud. Coming May 2, Alt 1 1. So that was John Reed. Me gustan mucho, Geek oh. Out Loud. I like Geek Out Loud. A lot. <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> forgot forgot about our uh, our Spanish announce table there. Uh, yeah, John Reed just super has been so great 
to do so much for the shows, uh, as well as people like Jimmy and Georgia, Daniel and Indy, uh, Andrew Ortega, um, just by providing stuff for the different shows in the Goliverse. And, and this whole idea of the Goliverse is only about a year or so old. And, you know, and it, it's one of those things like, I always say when I started out to do this, when I when I when I started, and I said this at the beginning of the show. I just want to do a podcast. I just wanted to have a place to geek out where, you know, there wasn't going to be all the venom, there wasn't going to be all the flame wars, there wasn't going to be all the shouting back and forth, and and all the arguing and complaining and griping and <clears throat> and everything that goes on that tends to go along with this geek culture. I just wanted to celebrate what I enjoyed. And never knew in a million years um, that uh, that that it would that it would grow into this. You know, one of the biggest surprises came early on when I got an email from a guy, and he's like, "Hey, I really want to help make your website look better. Uh, I see this this piddly little um, logo you've put together, and I can do better." And and he did. And I've said it a million times that. You know, the man who is responsible for um, the look of all of our shows uh, and and who has become an incredible friend, not only of the show, but in real life. And I think that's the key. I think that's the key to, to this whole thing is, is that there are people who have um, who've not only just been listeners and who we've gotten to know just via email, but there are people who I consider now real genuine friends. And one of those guys... One of those people is Michael Cohen. Michael, you know, he he reached out to me, and and he said, "Hey, I want to do this." And it was, and he was one of the first people. He was one of the first people who ever said, "I want to do something for this podcast." And I, I was blown away. I was completely blown away uh, when he stepped up to do that because it just meant so much. And then to have his talent. Because gang, Michael Cohen, super talented artist, super talented web designer, to have his talent applied to what we do, and um, he's always so passionate about anything that I ask him to do for the podcast. It's like, hey, and I always feel terrible asking him because I ask him all the. I feel like I'm asking something of him all the time, and 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 when I do, he comes through in spades, and it was. It's always been just absolutely amazing and so appreciated. Michael Cohen, Rebels podcast, the the uh, the Poolbox podcast, Quiver podcast. Um, you know, I will say this: I taught Michael all about plugging. So, <laughs> so anyhow, during the uh, during the the James Arnold Taylor interview, uh, Jason Scaffdale, who is um, responsible for Freaking Pegasus. Uh, the the posters and such as mentioned that uh, James Arnold Taylor and Steve should be going on a tour together. Someone did, and and then they said you need to get on some art for that. I'll tell you this, Jason. If you work up some a poster for for the James Arnold Taylor Steve Glosson podcast tour, uh, I will make sure that that gets to James um, via email so that he can see it. Uh, I think he'll get a kick out of it. It's it's a fun idea. Uh, a funny idea, and and I'd love it. Let me um. Let let's uh let's do this while 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 I'm still waiting to hear from Jason and Jimmy. They're coming around, guys. They're coming around, and um. <clears throat> and, and so, you know, I don't I don't want it to be about me. I don't want the show 
to be all about me because the show has always been about you guys. When 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 I started getting emails, you know, the show took on a life of its own. And it took on a life where the listener became the driving force of of this show. So let's get into um, a few more emails while we wait. Michael Dunn writes in, he says, Hey Steve, just listen to the latest Geek Out Loud and I have a few random thoughts. Great show as always, by the way. One, he says, I too have a soft spot for the Incredible Hulk TV movies from the late 80s, early 90s. A couple of years ago, I picked up The Incredible Hulk Returns and the trial of The Incredible Hulk in the $5 bin at Walmart and really enjoyed them. To coin a phrase, they were fun. Plus, this was the first live-action Marvel crossover, which was huge. That's true. Eric Kramer as Thor had a likable charisma, even though he looked utterly ridiculous. (laughs) He looked like a Viking. I loved him talking about fighting Banner's troll. One of the greatest lines in Incredible Hulk TV history. That was a great fight we had, eh, Banner? Me and your troll. He actually plays the dad on one of those Disney Channel shows now. God help me, I also like the odd couple scene with Donald Blake and Thor, and I found out, uh, I found some of the fish-out-of-water stuff reminded me of the 2011 movie, for better or for worse. wonder if those guys who wrote it ever watched this. I don't know. Um, I, I kind of have some connections to some of the writers, so... I might uh, reach out and see. I also like Trial. The guy playing Matt Murdock, that's Rex Smith, I believe is his name, did a good job and would have made a decent series. I'm ashamed that I didn't recognize John Rhys Davies as Fisk until about halfway through. I haven't seen The Death of the Incredible Hulk since it originally aired, though. I've heard it's a disappointing end of the series, but I still want to check it out again. You know, that was my first... The Death of the Incredible Hulk was one of my first... Uh, real just geek snob moments because the way the Incredible Hulk dies is there's a plane taking off and he's in it and as it gets on up uh, there's some stuff that happens some guns are fired and that sort of thing and and uh, and and the plane blows up and the Hulk is blown out and he falls and and lands and dies and I'm like "The, the Incredible Hulk would never die from falling out of a plane he he is too strong for that, and I don't appreciate the way this happened. But come to find out, uh, they actually had plans to bring him back. They were going to do um, do a movie with another made-for-TV movie. They were going to bring in Tony Stark, of all people. And uh, he was the Incredible Hulk was actually going to be a little bit intelligent and be able to talk and stuff. So I, I hate that we never got to see that. Bill Bixby... Uh, fell ill, and of course he passed, and and so that was never to be. But, um, you know, it is kind of a disappointing end of the series, but it's not, it's, for the most part, it's very much like an extended episode of the Incredible Hulk TV show, which makes it pretty good. So, um, I think it's, uh, you know, it's definitely worth trying to find and check out again. I've got it on DVD here at my house. Uh, number two, he says, I'm glad you broke kayfabe and came clean about the Star Trek. Hopefully this leads to a podcast where we review all the TV shows and movies. Hashtag Trek Out Loud. Mm, I don't think I will. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not as anti-Star Trek or, or whatever, you know, I've always made myself out to be. But I just don't know that I have it in me to sit down and watch all the shows and, and, and really review them. The movies may be a different story. He says, for me, the trilogy, The Wrath of Khan, The Search for Spock, and The Voyage Home, is right up there with the original Star Wars trilogy in terms of required geek viewing. Let's not let's Mike, let's not bring down 
the uh, the hundredth episode, please. He says they were my entry my entry point into the franchise long before I saw any of the series. In fact, when I first saw the Next Generation pilot in '87, I was really disappointed because it was so different in tone from the movies. In retrospect, the heavy-handed morality was more in line with some of the worst episodes of the original series instead of the more action adventure sci-fi of the Harv Bennett. Uh, Nicole Myers films. It turned me off of The Next Generation for a long time until the Borg stuff started up a few years later. Something you didn't mention, the DC Comics of the mid-80s were also very influential in becoming a Trek fan, again, long before I saw the original series of The Next Generation, particularly those by Mike W. Barn, Who's Who, and Star Trek. Curious if you ever read any of these. I did not. Um, you know, it's it's well established that... Uh, well, you know what? The Incredible Hulk was my first... I say was my first real geek reaction. It really wasn't. When I first started collecting comics, uh, it was right around the time John Byrne was doing the Man of Steel uh, thing. Um, and um, as a kid, I opened up a Superman book because I was, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to read. You know, I was new into comics. I knew I was liking comics, and I really wanted to uh, get into comics and i found superman and i always loved superman and um and as i opened up this this book and i kind of flipped to the end i saw superman kissing wonder woman and i put it down i'm like oh my god they don't get superman at all what has dc comics done and i immediately just said forget dc comics and i went full on marvel uh stupid reason to guys stupid stupid reason to i didn't pick up a dc comic really again i i i of course, had the death of Superman, um, but I didn't pick up a, a DC comic again until the Grant Morrison Justice League and JLA number one, because I saw that cover with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and the Green Lantern and Flash, and uh, it just brought me back to um, Super Friends, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So, all right, we're going to bring him in now. We're going to bring the first of two in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Podcaster extraordinaire, radio man, great friend, Jimmy Mack. I think he wants to go on live now. (laughs) I don't care if the gutters are clogged. We'll just deal with it later. (laughs) Jim, how's it going, man? Hey, Steve. Hey, Geek Out Loudians. Is that the geek out loudians? Is that what we're saying? I don't. No. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of the listeners have started calling themselves the guardians of the Golaverse. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, I never got respect from my eleven-year-old Dylan until he realized that I was actually on Geek Out Loud a few times, and so he looked at me with those innocent little eyes of an eleven-year-old and said, "Dad, you're part of the Golaverse." <laughs> So, well, I guess so. Old, uh, Need like a, a Goliverse Wikipedia, so we can you know make things like that official. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, we do. And I was just talking about you guys before you came in um, because I'd just seen Jason's email. We we just got through. You're following James Arnold Taylor, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, James that's was great as always. Yeah, that's a tough act to follow. Well, right there. yeah. Well, he 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 actually recorded with me. A day or so after he recorded with you guys um, for the last Rebel Force Radio, and so you know we had good things to say about you, if, in case you're wondering. So actually, you followed us, right? Right. It's it's this vicious cycle, Jim. But I was I was talking about just how much you guys have done for Geek Out Loud since uh, since I've come back. You know, there was that time where I was away, and and, and when I came back, um, 
you know, especially once you guys start up RFR, uh, you've been so, so good to me and, and helping this show get some exposure and you know, right down to the Facebook thing the other week where, uh, where you got us to a thousand likes on Facebook. And so, uh, just thanks. Thanks for that, that, you know, <laughs> it's been good and I really appreciate it. You should not have come back. You should. <laughs> Sometimes I feel that way. <laughs> Oh, hey, we're really excited and happy to see all the success you've had with the uh, Goliverse Network. And so happy you're a proud, of sh- uh, proud member of Shot Glass Digital. We're really happy to have you as part of that family. And uh, man, oh, man, it's just been a wild time we've had podcasting over the years. You know, I think back to the Star Wars celebrations we hung out at press conferences and then of course there was star wars weekends just a few months ago in orlando where you and me uh bonded over little debbie cupcakes <laughs> like uh, nobody's business and uh even saw each other topless yeah 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 that was that was pretty exciting spent, too. Some, spent some time in the hot tub if yeah, you the will pe- the people at that church service got really upset about that <laughs> but hey you know we were honoring the uh, sabbath yeah, that's right. It was it was the Black Sabbath, though, so we really screwed that one up. <laughs> well, I can't I can't tell you, man, just just how great it's been, and 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 what's great is, you know, so many times when you get to meet because I was a fan of you guys before I was ever your friend, mm-hmm. and and it's always great when you meet people that you admire and respect, and yes. and you actually enjoy them in real life. Well, you know what? Believe it or not, I was a fan of Jason's before I ever met him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, the first time I had you guys on the show, um, it was right after Pete had left that other show, and uh, and 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 you had come in, you'd stepped in, and and so ably filled that that position. But um, and and I remember you guys were talking about that. Um, it's interesting because then, and it's so funny to think, Jim, because that was what? How long have you been doing this with Jason now? Ooh, since late 2006. Yes. Yeah. It was around, yeah, December 2006. Yeah, so, I mean, you've been, you guys have been doing it that long. And back then, you being from the radio side of things were like, well, podcasting. I don't know. And these guys from the podcast, I was like, wow, they're the, that's the man. We don't bow to the man. <laughs> That's so true. And I expected that. I expected that from the guys because you know what? They had been on for about three months up to that point and they had trailblazed their own path. And I mm-hmm. thought they were doing a really good job. Yeah. I was a fan. Yeah. But I could tell that there were just certain elements of the show that they they wanted to get from point A to point B. And being a radio producer for talk radio, I wanted to do it just to sort of help those guys along. I never desired to host a podcast weekly, much less run a website and my own network, things have just kind of evolved that way. Um, but for the longest time, even when Pete left, I was encouraging Jason to fly solo. Yeah. Because yeah. I said, I said, you know what? You can do, you could just read Star Wars Insider Magazine cover to cover <laughs> into a microphone and I will listen to that. Yeah. Just yeah. something about the way Jason delivers material and the way he reacts in conversations and things like that, that just really make me a huge fan of his. So when I actually joined the show, in essence, I lost my favorite podcast. Because yeah. how can you, you know, continue to enjoy something you're so 
intimately involved in. You just can't. But that's just, you know, the way things go. So instead, you know, guys like you and Geek Out Loud totally, totally fill that void. Well, you know, it's I have a good time doing this, and I think that's what it's always come back to me with is is the fun aspect of it. And, you know, that's true for the podcasting side of things and the geeky side of things. Um, I, I see where Jason's here now. Let's see if we can get him up, see if he's... Oh, don't tell him I said all that nice no, stuff. No, no, I won't. I won't at all. Go I, right to his head. I believe he's here with us. Is this Jason Swank? It is. Am I late? Yeah, not, not, not by much. Not by much. How are you, sir? Welcome to Geek I'm, Out Loud. Oh, man. Great to be here. Great to be anywhere right now. <laughs> you you have become uh, this this enigma, this ghost, uh, because you're so Oh, I busy. am an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Yeah, locked in a conundrum. Divided by a question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Jason, I was just telling Jimmy, and, and I'll and I'll say it again for your hearing that you know one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys on on this particular episode, being the hundredth anniversary of Geek Out Loud, is because you guys have done so much for me. I was saying before either of you were on that, you know, the exposure that this show has gotten thanks to um, just just thanks to you guys putting up with me here and there, whether it's doing some silly song or having me on a roundtable. Or even hosting, you know, helping or being the third wheel is what Jimmy calls me, um, you know, from time to time. <laughs> I never called you that, sir. I may have called you the Joan Rivers of Rebel Force Radio, but I've never <laughs> called you a third wheel. Maybe it's Jason that has said it at the end. Uh, and I was like, well, if I'm the third wheel, it's one of those big wheels. And I'm I'm that big wheel of the... <laughs> the like like the, the old big wheels that yeah. we used to ride around. Yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah. You know, you had the two smaller ones and then the one big one. I'm like, well, that's throwing me up there. We'll just call to, you Proud Mary from now on. Keep on turning. <laughs> keep on. <laughs> there you go. Guys, Rebel Force Radio, since you guys went uh, went independent and, and started Rebel Force Radio, what, almost two years ago now, um, is has just blown up. You guys have just, it, it's like someone strapped a rocket to you guys back, and in, in as far as podcasting goes, it seems like you guys have just skyrocketed into if I may use this expression, a galaxy far, far away. Woohoo! Um, it 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 is it it has been. What what do you think is the key to to what is to your success with this show? Well, you know, Steve, I'd really like to answer that, but I'm going to let Jason do that. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is? I'll tell you what the I, what I think one of the factors is is uh, consistency. I think that is the toughest thing about doing this uh, type of endeavor is that can you, are you in for the long haul? And I could never, ever, ever have done it without Jimmy because Jimmy is there uh, always pushing, always prodding, always supporting. And, um, you know, anytime I start to feel like uh, I just, you know, I don't have another show in me or whatever. You know, Jimmy just lays out this incredible spread of wonderful things to, uh, you know, celebrate my Star Wars fandom with. So if you can find, a, you know, someone to, to do this with so that when one is up and the other is down and, you know, you can support each other, that makes all the difference. So however you find it, I think that consistency is uh, really a key factor. Reliability. Your listeners need to know that you're going to be there. And uh, I think that's I think that's huge. I, you know, some of it we just 
too stubborn. We just stuck around long enough. <laughs> and uh, the, the other thing I would say, and I've said this many times you know, when asked, is that I think we brought just a little bit different style to uh, Star Wars podcasting. I won't be so grand as to talk about podcasting in general because there's a lot of really amazing podcasters out there. I think we've carved out a niche for ourselves. But um, I think that we just have a sort of an outlook on Star Wars, Star Wars fandom that resonates with a lot of people. And, you know, everything, I think every week we try to put together a show that we would like to listen to. And, uh, you know, luckily we've got, I think, a pretty good sense of what, um, you know, mainstream, what I like to call mainstream Star Wars fans uh, want to hear each week. Sure, Steve, I'd love to answer that question. <laughs> Go for it, Jim. I really think it's the Billy D quote of the week. Oh, yeah. yeah. I really think that's the thing that brings me back each and every week to Rebel Force Radio. Wait, are we supposed to be funny? Is that what we're supposed to be? We you, can't, like, give real answers? You can, I don't, you know what? You can be whatever you want to be, man. This is Geek Out Loud. You, you, <laughs> all right. All right. I just, I, I was being all serious, and here comes Jimmy with the Billy D quote of the week. Unless you really believe that. Do you really believe that? Well, I, I have to be honest with you guys. Uh, there is no segment that really requires more of my time, more of my tender love and care, more of my patience and resourcefulness than the Billy D frickin' quote of the week. You have no idea how much work it's been to come up with a different quote each and every week. And God forbid I should repeat a quote that we played six years on the show. I get a hundred emails. <laughs> Jim, how many hours would you say you've spent watching crappy movies and TV shows and listening to interviews just to try to snag something from Billy D? Easily in the hundreds. There's no question about it. I have seen so much of what this guy, his output his career output. And nowadays, everyone has cameras on their phone, so whenever Billy D is doing a Q&A at a convention center, well, guess what? There's fertile ground for a brand new quote of the week, so I have to go and check that out. I know way too much about the man <laughs> and his career. But you know what? On the, on the flip side of the coin, he is actually a very entertaining entertainer. I, the guy is just born to entertain, and I appreciate that from him and i really do hope that he will return to star wars at some point during the sequel trilogy um i think there has it been confirmed that he is going to be doing a voice in star wars rebels i keep hearing rumblings about that i thought you guys cleared that up with that whole thing of he was on some show called rebels that's not rebels ah but then afterwards it was an interview steve and i think you might even have been on the show when we talked about it but uh, I think it might have been Simon Kimberg who sort of oh. alluded to the fact that Billy D will be returning to voice. At least the character Lando will be in Rebels. Oh, okay. Well, you hey, know, it, that's it, news it, to me. It's hard to uh, keep all that stuff uh, together, you know? I mean, the rumors, you know, I think a lot of that might be coming from Billy D himself. And that's what makes him so quote-worthy each and every week because you never know what he's going to say. Yeah, but um, but no, seriously, I think that something that keeps me coming back to Rebel Force Radio each and every week is the fact that I consider Jason to be a really good friend and someone I really like talking to about Star Wars and just about anything else. We had just come back, St Steve, from a weekend 
in an undisclosed top secret location. Yeah. Well, it's not that top secret when Steve Sansweet is posting videos of you on the Rancho <laughs> Obi-Wan Facebook page. Kind of hard to keep that That's one That's right. Unwrapped. That's right. Well, way to go, Steve. He spent <laughs> but, so many years at Lucasfilm keeping things under wraps. He's just like, screw that, guys. Right. <laughs> but I got to tell you, it was, it was such an enjoyable trip because the company was so good. And, you know... For me, to get from Chicago to San Fran, that's a four-plus-hour plane flight. And having Jason there with me the, the whole way was just the time flew. And I was in his lap crying. I was, you can I was sit gonna, in my lap. It's true. I was going to say, Jason, how'd, how'd the flying work out for you? No, the flying was great. <laughs> See, you'd think great. after like eight years of doing this, he'd understand the way it works. He goes serious. I go funny. I go serious. He goes funny. That's just how it works. It's a it's a dynamic. It, it's a it's a Martin and Lewis kind of thing, guys. You you guys have got going here. So <clears throat> that's a that's a callback reference to for older people. No 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 no. I just picture Dean Martin wearing a Rebel Force Radio T-shirt, and with <laughs> Can you imagine with with you know um, a martini in one hand, yeah. a babe in another, yeah. Up walks Jerry Lewis wearing a Geek Out Loud shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, lady. Hey, lady. And Bob Hope comes up. Also, yeah, Bob Hope, of course. You know? Yeah, he's got to be there. He's got to be hey. there. <laughs> yeah, this is Bob podcasting as King Hope with an all-star Geek Out Loud 100th episode. Yeah. Brought to you by Texaco Oil. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up later in the show, we got Brooke Shields. Oh man! Well, why, why was it always Brooke Shields? You're right. It always was Brooke Shields. Throw in a little John Denver. Oh, John Denver, Florence Henderson, and Olympic pixie Mary Lou Retton. Yeah, it's wild. That's wow. a wild ride. Yeah. What can we say? We're children of the '70s and '80s. Yeah. There, well, that's true. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And, and you know, speaking of that, I, I want to. You guys talk Star Wars all the time, and. Um, you know, and Jimmy, I know that you as a kid, it was revealed on Geek Out Loud that as a kid, you were resistant to the whole Star Wars thing at first because you were a big fan of Peter Benchley's The Deep. <laughs> and But uh, but I, you guys talk Star Wars all the time, but there's so many times on the show where little things here and there will get referenced. And, and I've always kind of just wanted to t have, have a minute or two to pick your brain about some of these things. Uh, for well, and I'll tell you one thing. I was on with you guys one time, and and Jim, straight up, you edited out a whole great conversation about the Popeye movie starring Robin Williams that Jason and I. <laughs> Did you having. cut that out? Yeah. Did you cut that out? I didn't even notice. <laughs> I don't even know what you guys I, are talking about. I was, <laughs> I was sitting there waiting. I'm like, oh, this is great stuff. We're talking Sweet Haven and all these great songs, and and then it's just gone. The the editor extraordinaire. You would have never known there was like five minutes of conversation about the Popeye movie there. Um, but, uh, but now Jim, I know because I got to spend some time with your guys, with your boys, um, that, that you were going to be in theaters the day that Guardians of the Galaxy opened. And we're, we're not talking, next week, Eric Schoenweiss is going to come on and we're talking Guardians. Um, but did, did you guys get to go see it? Did Dylan get to see it? Well, yeah, actually, um, because we were out of town, unfortunately, um, I couldn't go that opening weekend, but I did see it last night. And um, Dylan saw it a second time last night. So he went with Wendy and Michael on that Saturday. 
What, so he what, liked it so much he wanted to go back and see it again. Awesome. And Jason, I know you being a father of two little ones and, and being so busy that you don't have the time to consume the media and stuff like you used to. Um, how, how are those Disney Princess movies working out for you? <laughs> They're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Fanta- I, have a, I have a huge appreciation for them now. Um, no, actually, I used to, um, you know, when the Disney movies would come out, and, you know, they, Disney has that damn vault thing, right, yes, that they do? Yes, yeah. It's going in the vault, and they scare the hell out of people to go out and buy 101 Dalmatians because they're not going to get it for That's another right. six years. Hey, let me tell you something. That vault has been the bane of my existence since this Disney podcast I started up with Teresa Delgado. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. So then you got to go on eBay and pay those confiscatory prices, or you can just do a little bit to it. But I was, um, you know, I knew... My wife and I were married for eight years before we had our first kid, and I knew that I was going to want to show them these classic Disney movies. And so I, I would buy them when they would come out. And some of them, you know, I, I didn't even open. I usually, you know, I might catch it in the theater or see it on TV or what have you. And so when Bailey was old enough, um, I started showing these to her. And uh, I, it, was, it was one of the smartest investments I made because have all these movies and it really has kind of opened the door for her to um, explore all kinds of, of entertainment and she's a little uh, it, at times she's a little ahead of her age and in, in terms of what she watches so you know it spares me from having to watch too much Yo Gabba Gabba and Caillou well and someone some of that crap. someone in the chat Dominique Garant in fact international man of mystery said soon Jason you will know the names of the little ponies yes and soon Gotham will be <laughs> Do you know who I am? I think so. You have a princess. I was born a princess. I am the Disney vault. I am the bane of Big Steve's existence. Yes. Let's not stand on pretense, Mr. Disney. Darth Vader breathing. Darth Vader breathing. Um, Let's get him a bane off. Every once in a while, just a, you know, a random, casual bane off. That's a bane off. So, no, but Jason, have you been able to see... I got fired at work for doing that in the bathroom, by the way. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even sure what that means, but it's so scary. (laughs) Um, No, but you guys, you, you obviously reference all these other... Because... For me, I've always said Star Wars is the foundation of my geekdom, but that just bled out into so many other things because coming up in the 70s and 80s, there was so much great stuff to consume. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and I, I hate to sound like an old man like back in my day, but, you know, back in my day, you know, it was just like these toy companies and and cartoon makers just could not help but hit a, a home run almost every time. Yeah. Can I can I can I say something about that? Because we, uh, as as Jim had mentioned, we were uh, away, and mm-hmm. we had an opportunity to talk to some folks, and we had a conversation about this sort of this very thing about the differences between the movies coming out in the seventies and eighties when we were growing up, and the movies coming out now, and you know, like you, Steve, I would I run the risk of sounding like the old curmudgeon, but I feel like that the movies that at the time that were considered just popcorn flicks and uh, you know summer movie fair and blockbusters and all of that i really feel that they challenged us a lot more as kids i think that you know the original trilogy is actually a very sophisticated story um i feel like movies like goonies and stand by me 
and um, the you know the, some of the Star Trek films. I, I feel like they really, I feel like they really challenged the audience. They they weren't afraid to slow down, take beats, talk about you know feelings, emotions, all of that sort of thing. And the movies now, even you know the ones that are considered really great, are so fast. They're so um, loud and just nonstop wall to wall. They never slow down. And I, you know, it's, you know, it's the ADD generation in a lot of ways. And so I don't know. I think, I don't think there will ever be, and maybe every generation feels that way about their, its childhood, but I don't think that there will ever be the types of movies that, and, and the, the types that, like you said, of genre entertainment uh, as when we were kids growing up in the seventies and eighties, I think it was a heyday for that. Well, I also feel like that, that they weren't scared to show us some things as kids growing up then. You know, you mentioned The Goonies. I remember as a kid watching that movie and thinking, this is one of the most vulgar things I've ever seen in my life. You know? Yeah, and, and, sure. And, and, it, and, it, and it, it wasn't necessarily what the kids were cussing here and there. And, you know, and it... And it they and broke it, that one guy's thing off, the, the statue. Yes, you know, And they're David, trying to put it on in front his, of the mom. His and, mom's favorite part. Right. Um, <laughs> But like, yeah, well, even, you're right. They did. They did. They didn't talk down to us. Even something as simple as the Transformers movie, when Optimus Prime died, you know, right. was just like you. I don't know that you'd see that nowadays in, in in kids' movies. And you guys are both parents, and 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 you know, I. My thing is, is like I don't know if I know any parents that would show their kids if they were that attached to some of these characters would let a kid watch a movie where that guy dies. Well, you know, you do kind of go numb to that with all the Disney movies. Usually, oh usually in the classic ones, yeah. someone dies. Oh man, and it, you, know, and and you the, don't want to be an animal's parent in a Disney movie. Oh no, you definitely <laughs> don't. I mean, uh, in fact, it's funny that you mention that because uh, I wanted to take my daughter to see The Lion King mm. uh, when it, when we had it at at the theater here, and she didn't want to see it. I said, "Well, honey, why don't you want to see it? You you love the movie." She goes. But I can't fast forward when the daddy dies. Oh wow! So <laughs> that's heartbreaking. But yeah, isn't it sad? But uh, you know, to your point, um, yeah, it's it's it uh, it's just completely different now. It's completely different now. Even even from just fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. Well, now, did you guys read the comic books when you were coming up, Jim? You're a little bit older than Jason and I, and so you would have been in a really cool a lot era. actually. A lot. Oh, easy now. <laughs> well, slow down there. <laughs> slow down there, partner. And I'll tell you what, you know, 40 is knocking on your door, Mr. It is. Swank. It yeah. is. But you know what was hard for Jim reading those comics were those, you know, they were on those big slate things, you know, so it, uh, <laughs> oh I don't believe this. They were all printed they were, they were out. They actually, uh, let's call them, they were hieroglyphics. That's but, really what they were. They weren't so much comics. And they were printed out by a row of birds with, like, big sharp beaks, and they'd look at them <laughs> and they'd be like, you think your job's bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> Always some wisecrack. <laughs> That's right. All right. All right. I'm letting you guys have your fun only because it's the hundredth uh, well, uh, the, the hundredth episode. But well, uh, I, no, Jim. Jason started that. I was just kind of finishing the joke out for him. But no, like you, you coming up in the '70s and everything, there was some good stuff happening in comic books in the '70s before you know before I was into it and everything. Did, were you a comic reader collector growing up? Oh yes, absolutely. But I mean, it was it was a kind of a casual thing, <clears throat> I'd have to say. Um, I was very into Star Wars comics for sure, mm -hmm. and that opened up the Marvel universe to me. Yeah, and that was a big deal. However, I really feel like I became a true comics fan 
in the late 80s when Frank Miller's Dark Knight was released. Oh, okay. That was the first comic I ever put, I ever bagged and boarded. <laughs> that was the first comic that I ever read multiple times. And also, well, you know what? This was also on the heels of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Watchmen really sort of opened my eyes. And then right after that, uh, Dark Knight happened. And then from that point, it led me to um, Superman, yeah. Steve, which I know that you know, you're totally into. Mm-hmm. And that ramped up with the doomsday and the death of Superman and the fallout from all of that. And that, my Superman fandom, my, it was just ravenous where I was, you know, the comics were coming out once a week pretty much. They all followed a singular storyline that you were able to keep track of thanks to these numbered triangles that yeah. were on the front cover of each book. And this went on for a while, and it was maybe around the, you know, 2000, 2001, where they sort of abandoned that strategy and had the, gosh, I think there were five different Superman titles at the time, let them all stand alone, and that's when I sort of faded out, and Star Wars had definitely... Come back, yeah, come back big time. In in a big way, Mm -hmm. and was definitely requiring more of my fandom space and fandom time almost to the point of where I just became exclusively Star Wars for a while. And then entering into podcasting had done a lot to really rejuvenate my fandom as, as far as being a Star Wars fan and um, get me more invested in Star Wars to the point of where, you know, I mean, maybe I casually read a book here or there but any spare time I might have for comic books now is primarily exclusively Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Jason, were you a comic reader as a kid? Well, I wanted to be. Right. I really, I really tried because I loved uh, superheroes on TV yes. so much. Yeah. You know, the, the, I have such a soft spot for the Spider-Man uh, animated series from 1967. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman, the Batman 89 movie, was one of those like Star Wars, like the Goonies, I always cite is kind of changing my life. I mean, it just opened up a whole new door and really reinvigorated my love of the superhero genre. Um, but I never really, as, as much as I tried, and I had a modest collection of comics, could ever really, really get into it. Right. And um, so am I, con- I am a, a fan of the characters, yeah, and I yeah. love them in all types of media. Um, but as far as being like a real ravenous comic book reader or fan, I, I am not. I have deep appreciation for the art and the talent and everything that goes into it. But um, I'm, a, I'm really, I am such a TV and movie junkie. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I loved, that was my gateway into comics was the Super Friends and Spider-Man and his amazing friends and that 67 Spider-Man show that they used to show in in reruns and, and that sort of thing. And, um, and when I kind of discovered comics uh it was just like oh i'm you mean i can read more and more about these guys and so that's what kind of kept me into it were, were those characters but now jason you've referenced several many times on on rfr and that other show that you guys had for a while um you would you reference many times you reference a hacksaw jim duggan a randy <laughs> macho man savage a hulk yeah. hogan were you were you were you part of the rock and wrestling movement back in the day uh, in insane in fact <laughs> i've been in heaven because the wwe you know, they launched their network yes and uh they've just added all of the saturday night's main events yes yes uh, from like 85 through 87 uh, yeah i mean that was um 
really when Star Wars kind of faded away, um, my, there's four years difference between my, my brother and myself. And that was, you know, once Star Wars was gone, we really didn't have a whole lot kind of to bring us together. But the wrestling in the 1980s, mid to late 80s, really sort of became what we bonded over. And we were, um, we used to go just about every, I think it was about every month and a half, uh, WWF at the time, I still call it WWF. That's fine. Uh, it's good, yep. Would, would come back to uh, the Richfield Coliseum here, the home of the, former home of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And uh, we would go see it. We saw the original, the, actually the first two Survivor series. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. They, wow. they were here in Cleveland, saw a taping of Saturday night's main event and um, went to every sh- probably every house show for a good four or five years. That is Never awesome. missed it. So, is, so I, I so saw you, just about all of the, the superstars of the 1980s. So you I were more of a watching. WWF guy. Oh, totally. Yeah. But, you know, there was that <laughs> what would happen is uh, we would get, you know, Friday night we would start watching, and I think it was uh, Wrestling Superstars would come on. Yes. And then you could see it again on Saturday. And we would actually watch it before we had cable, kind of through the snowy, you know, the tuning in on UHF. And then uh, Sunday morning was Wrestling Challenge. And then usually about halfway through the day, you know, we'd be jonesing for some wrestling so badly that we would turn on, uh, TNT or uh, one of the Turner networks, I think TBS. TBS. Yeah, yeah, TBS. TBS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that very well. You I better mean, the believe Georgia it, sir. Stuff is legendary. Yes, yeah. Um, and we would, yeah, and we would watch uh, at the time WCW. Yeah, and yeah. which was formerly NWA and then right, bought right. by Turner. Oh, and, yeah. So, was... yeah, I mean, I so I really started having an appreciation for all of it. You know, the the fabulous Freebirds and of course Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen and mm-hmm. Lex Luger and. All of that. I mean, it was just um, for a kid. It was really, really awesome entertainment. So, I mean, I kind of look at it now, and uh, it doesn't really interest me much right. at all. The new stuff. Well, let me let me make sure I'm understanding something. You have the network. You have the WWE network. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I only I only have it to watch the the, uh, old, the stuff. old stuff. Yeah, sure. You know, oh, the old man. school stuff. I, have I love spent, it. I have spent so much time watching. The old pay-per-views on Mark Out Loud. We're going through the different WrestleManias. That's the thing. I, you need to come on Mark Out Loud. I would love to. I'd love and, to. Uh, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm, I, I was t- uh, texted a friend of mine. I said, guess what? I'm watching Pedro Morales versus Dino Bravo. Yes. Because I can. <laughs> you know, when we were out in San Francisco, he was Jones in for some uh, wrestling. He was saying, oh, I wonder if I could start watching some uh, matches on the uh, app. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll tell yeah, you, my, my uh, favorite memories of, of wrestling in the 80s is WrestleMania three. Randy yes. Macho Man Savage versus Ricky, Ricky the, the Dragon, Dragon Steamboat. That was yes. one of the most incredible displays of athletic skill I've yes. ever seen in my life. Yes, yes. Well, that you know, and that brings up Jason. The way you segued into that, it, you know, you mentioned that Star Wars was starting to fade, and that kind of filled that gap. All of us, all three of us, were Star Wars fans nonstop. I don't think we ever stopped loving it. I had a poster on my door, you know, that would wear out and I would go find some other poster and put up there. You know, I, I was never away from it, had, you know, made sure that it was just always there. Um, but there was that time where things, and I think for me, uh, it was the comic books and the superheroes that kind of filled that void. Jim, did you have anything, not that your love for Star Wars waned, but because there, there wasn't anything really there to consume anymore, did you have anything that would that kind of filled that void? Obviously, you were cooler than us. You were probably dating and um <laughs> i was trying to yeah. 
<laughs> At least I was putting myself out there. But uh, it was hard to do that when every Saturday night you were hanging out in dorm rooms, frat houses, and cheap apartments watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, okay. All right. That, that, was, that was what filled my void. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember, back at that time, it was like entertainment would come and go. It was yeah. disposable. Very few things would really stick around, mm-hmm. and they would only do so if they were continuously being produced. Star Wars, while we kept it alive, Lucasfilm certainly did not. Right, and right. They did not market it. They did not create it. They did not produce it. And they did not even even go after the merchandising. And so it would it just felt like, hey, you know what? Star Wars, its time had come and gone. And now let's move forward to whatever the next thing is. Little did we know that there were big plans in store for the, the prequel trilogy, which we had always sort of heard rumblings about. But... There was no real indication that that stuff was going to go into production anytime soon. And it's funny to be talking about it in the year 2014 when I think back to, say, 1987, 1988. These were real quiet times for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. At the same time, a show like Star Trek The Next Generation hit the the tube, and uh, it really did connect with me and all my college friends, you know, it was kind of a, a, a repeat in history, sort of like how the original series connected with college students in the 60s. I found that there were a lot of guys in college going to school at the same time I was in the late 80s, and they were just really into Trek. And so we would get together and watch Trek. And of course, that big Borg finale at yeah. the end of season two was, uh, I mean, what huge speculation that was going on that whole summer. I remember when it came back and the the first episode of season three debuted it. That was a huge event. Yes. And, you know, whether or not it fulfilled our expectations, stuff like that rarely does. Um, But it was it was a lot of fun those few months you know, speculating about what's going to be happening in Trek. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I I do host the Star Wars podcast and I am very loyal to Star Wars, but uh, I do have a soft spot in my heart for Trek, even though I'll tell those Spock suckers where to stick their (laughs) phasers from time to time. Easy now. I've been getting emails about all my Trek hate, so we've had to ease up on the Trek hate around here. No, but for me it was track, and and essentially it was really just, yeah. it was just a placeholder until uh, the notorious GL was ready to put pencil to yellow legal pad and start working on Star Wars Episode One, yeah. and uh, and you know the the expanded universe also coming back. Yeah, definitely the, ninety. Not, when, when did when did Air of the Empire come about? Ninety two. Yeah, no, it was ninety one. Ninety one. Ninety one. When that book came back out, I, I I read it in just a matter of days, yeah. which is rare for me because I'm a casual reader. If if I start a novel, it it usually takes a month. I, I usually read before I go to sleep at night, and usually fall asleep with the book on my chest. But um, in the case of Heir to the Empire, I read it and really felt like, wow, this is new Star Wars. Star Wars is back. This is so exciting. And um, that's probably when I first started seeking out friends who I could have conversations, real, you know, finally adult conversations. Well, as adult as I was when right. I was 20 years old or 21 years old, however old I was, um, 
to, to talk about this stuff. And that's, you know, something that really fires up my fandom to this day is just having conversations about it with like-minded people who can articulate exactly what makes that saga so important and what makes it tick. And uh, that's what we try to do, you know, every week on Rebel Force Radio, yeah. despite my public love for Star Trek TNG. <laughs> um, I, I still, you know, I just had a, a great time watching those episodes because they were social events for me. Yeah, yeah. You know? that, I, think that, I think that's the key for a lot of stuff that, especially in college, you get into. That's what kept me going with the wrestling through college was it was a social thing where we would get together every Monday night and watch the wars. Well, guys, I, I've taken up more time of your both of your time than i oh, we just to. got started well i know well I, jason it's just getting good i know this is what i'm saying i i just hate you gotta to keep, do it again can I, I do it again sometime anytime man i just hate to keep you guys around longer than what I, jason i know that listen you guys when you're doing rebel force radio i know you guys are both so busy and and, and jimmy your your slogan is no downtime and and jason i know you've got a wife that's probably ready to strangle you um, uh, she's in bed now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but let me just say something about Jimmy. It, it, I, it, no downtime is absolutely right. This guy is the energizer bunny. He never stops. He never quits. He goes, goes, goes. He gets like three or four hours of sleep each night if he's lucky. Uh, I, I hope when I'm uh, Jimmy's age that I, ha- <laughs> <laughs> that I have as much energy uh, to do that. But, no, it's, 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 it's phenomenal to watch. I can't tell you what a – what a masterclass in professionalism and just pure cojones it yeah, is to yeah. watch Jimmy work. Well, I'll tell you, I, I've said this to Jim, and I'll say it to both of you, because I have. I've learned so much just from listening to you guys. There's so much that you guys do that I don't try to imitate, but I definitely try to emulate and try to adapt into my style and to the way that I do this thing, this podcasting thing. And... um and and it's just always such a such a pleasure for me. I still you know rush to download RFR, and it's one of the first ones I listen to on a Friday. You know, as soon as I can get the time to to plug the earbuds in, or while I'm driving to work, that sort of thing. I, I just you know it's one of the first ones that I listen to that come out on that day, and um, and just to have any association with you guys whatsoever has been huge to me and and for me. And and it's and I told Jim this earlier. You know, it's great that when you meet people that you respect and admire in real life to find out that, you know what, I really do respect and admire these people. They're good people. And and that's been true of you guys. And Jason, I'll never forget just meeting you for the first time at Celebration Five. You were you were you you guys had had an emergency with some cables and such as and uh <laughs> Oh and that's you, right. And you yeah. were just standing there looking over it and so I just walked up and and I and I didn't know how this would go down. I'm like, hey, do you need me to go? I've got some stuff out of my vehicle. If you need to borrow anything, and you just kind of stopped as though you were processing the voice, and you looked up and <laughs> yeah. you're like, are you Steve? I'm like, I'm Steve, and like, <laughs> and it was just this fun moment. And I'm like, hey, buddy, how you doing? And you're like, and I didn't know. And you went in for the hug. I'm like, all right, he's a hugger, and um, I'm a hugger, and I it am, was yeah. just. But it was it, it's been so good the times that we have gotten to hang out and, and again the association that you guys have let me have with you and with Shot Glass Digital just means well, means the I, I do have to say, well I, I appreciate that. But Steve, you're the real deal and, and let's face it, I mean we've we've all listened to enough podcasts. Um, that, that what we do, there's a there's an element of natural ability that you have to have. And then you can refine it's just like an athlete or any other talent. 
then you can refine and then you can make it better and, and, and really work at your craft. But you are definitely a natural at this. I think that's why we clicked right away because, you know, kindred spirits, you can carry a conversation. You're so self-effacing and um, have such a huge knowledge of not just geek culture, but all kinds of things. And I respect you immensely, uh, personally and professionally. So um, the, it's it's a mutual admiration society all around, for sure. And don't forget, don't forget, he has the best laugh in podcasting. <laughs> oh, totally. The best. I don't know. There, w- dude, when you guys get going, when Jason gets tickled, it's awesome. I love it when Jimmy gets Jason going. It, uh, it's, I do, too. It's good I hear you. <laughs> hey, you know what? Before we go, I do have a, a celebrity guest. Uh-oh. Uh, he's a Chicago blues treasure. He's known as Chicago Red. He's sitting here with me. His name's Michael Mack. Uh-oh, not Michael Mack. I've been sitting here for the past 20 minutes. Man, no one told us that the the innovator of the Gilbert Godfrey does Star Wars lines guy was here. <laughs> well, you see, only I have the power to do Zim Zam. Zim <laughs> There it is. The Zim Zam. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. You can't teach that stuff. No, no, the kid's a natural. Michael, how you doing, buddy? Good to talk to you. I'm doing pretty good, and it's been a while, Steve. It has been. It has been. I've got I've got a box of stuff sitting here to send to you and your brother, and I'm just terrible about going to the post office and getting that sent out. So uh, keep your eyes peeled because there, there's something coming to you guys. Well, thank you very much. And He has to take a hydrofoil to get to the post office. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of those fan boats like they use out in the swamps. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch out for gators. Uh, you bet. You better believe it around here, pal. Steve, we- I picture you riding one of those Zartan things. Yes, you know, like yes. Zartan and the Dreadnoughts. What did they call that? Well, well it looked like a, a ripoff of a speeder bike to me. Well, that's true. You know that there was there was that. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I just and but I don't turn colors like that when I get in the sun. No, just red. Just red. Just that's color? right. That's right. That's right. Actually, I'm a tanner. I'm more of a tanner than a burner. So I do like Tanner Tanner from the Bad News Bears. Sure, sure. <laughs> hey, I do want to. The the chat is is asking me to do this because we are live right now. Um, the the chat is asking me to do this before I let you guys go. Uh, just can you guys tell us anything about the digital stage at Celebration, or not the digital stage, the behind the scenes stage? Well, I can tell you this, uh, Jason and myself, we were doing a lot of brainstorming over the weekend about. Things that we might propose to happen on that stage. And um, we might see the return of some favorite elements from Celebration's past. And we'll definitely see some brand new, really cool panels that no one's ever seen before. Uh, We're still, like I said, we're still brainstorming. We're still in the very early stages of getting things together for what's going to be the best Star Wars celebration ever. But uh, right now, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say. You know what? I am, and Jason too, you know, we're more than happy to, to field any sort of suggestions so please feel free to fill up our email inbox, show at rebelforceradio.com, and uh, we'll certainly take any suggestions under consideration. But uh, I can tell you this. The room is going to rock, and we're going to have a really good time those four days out in Anaheim next April. The image that was conjured up as you talked about you guys brainstorming was Jason sitting there in your lap on the plane 
Mm-hmm. Just kind of right there at your face saying, you know, we That's- really should talk about this uh, behind the scenes stage. <laughs> I, 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 you're, you're leaving out the, the Jack Daniels. And oh, otherwise yeah. you're being a <laughs> The adult beverage sipping on the You know, Jim, we really should talk about this. <laughs> I was like, and there's no leg room on this flight. <laughs> it's because Jason's on my lap. <laughs> At least we weren't wearing shorts this time. That's oh, true. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. That, In Orlando. Yeah, that's that touching. That story came up during Star Wars weekends, and uh, I was like, as long as we've got room for everyone in my vehicle, we'll be okay. <laughs> so... All right. Well, guys, thanks so much. I, I want you to come back anytime. Just, you know, if you if you ever just see something, read something, hear something, and, and you're like, we can't talk about this on RFR. It's not Star Wars. Just holler at me. We'll bring you in. On a, on a moment's notice, it'll be a good time. So, uh, But I do so much appreciate you guys and appreciate you taking the time tonight. Of course. Well, thank, thank you, man. So Anytime. And Michael? Congratulations on your 100th episode, and here's for at least 100 more. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Oh, bravo. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Later, Steve. Thank you, Steve. See ya. Jason Swank, Jimmy Mack, Rebel Force Radio, ShotGlassDigital.com. What great guys. Uh, I thank them so much for their time and for coming on and helping support uh, the 100th episode of, of Geek Out Loud. It's, it's just, you know, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. They're great guys, and um, you meet them in person, and they're everything you want them to be. Uh, it's hard to not be a fan, even when you're hanging out with them. Or, or for me, even when I was, even when I got to hang out with them, the times I did, it's hard to to remove yourself and and just not be a fan because I so am a fan of what those guys do and and the podcast that they put on. I do want to say, guys, um, <clears throat> before we uh, wrap this thing up that I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of the listeners. And and it means the world to me that you take the time to download the podcast, that you take the time to listen, to interact, to do all the things that you do as a part of the Goaliverse. And your support and, and friendship has meant the world to me. Uh, from the time we started this thing through the time when I just had to step away uh, I will never, never be able to tell you how much the letters of encouragement and the, the the tweets and the Facebook notes and everything through that time in my life, how much it meant to me and how much it meant that you guys were still here when I came back. Uh, for those of you that have been around that long and for those of you who haven't, it, it means so much that you found me and you stuck around. That's a big deal. It is a huge deal. Because I'm just one man uh, just spewing my junk here on this podcast. And, uh, and and it means the world to me. I'd love to hear from you. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Twitter.com slash geekoutloud. Facebook.com slash geekoutloud. And, of course, you can head over to geekoutonline.com. Check out the Goaliverse Wall of Fame. Look at all the people who are supporting us through Patreon.com at Patreon.com slash GeekOutLoud. And you know what? If you can afford a dollar or two a month to help out the shows, chime in over at Patreon.com. If you can't, that's fine. I won't, I'm going to keep doing this, and we're going to keep doing it for free, and it's been a blast. And, and yeah, here is to 100 more. Here's to 1,000 more. 
here's to 10,000. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I don't, I can't do the math. Uh, I don't know how many years that would be, but, uh, we do appreciate you. I do appreciate you so much until next time. I'm Steve Glosson and we'll see you next time on geek out loud.